find us on Facebook, email us at headtoheadpinball at gmail.com or go to our website at headtoheadpinball.com. Welcome everybody to the Head to Head Pinball Podcast. This is episode 59 and my name's Martin and with me... It's Ryan C. And we've got a special guest, Marty, today. Uh, one of the most controversial and outspoken people in pinball. You know him as Belly Pinball on Pinside. We know him as Wayne from Mr. Pinball Australia. He distributes Jersey Jack, CGC, American Pinball, Highway Pinball before I went bust. He produces next-gen decals. And he's here today to talk about what it's like to be in the industry for 35-plus years. Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Gillard. How you going, Wayne? How's it going, guys? <laughs> very good, Wayne. Thank you very much for coming on. Where's my kangaroo sack? <laughs> it's in the mail, sure. Everybody else gets one. <laughs> Look, what, How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good. Well, I've got one question. My first question for you, Wayne, is this. Is there money to be made being a distributor for pinball? Uh, look, you know, you've got to distribute a wide range of products, um, not just pinball, because the margins on new pinball machines, you know, is fairly slim because of the shipping, the poor exchange rate. I mean, we're at 70 cents today, yeah. um, so you've got to add 40%, it means, um, from the US dollar. So if something in America's seven grand, well, that's, you know, 10000 dollars australian before our gst to have 10 percent plus the shipping so it it is a lot more expensive selling um because we're not drop shipping we're not just taking an order and emailing the factory and saying drop ship it you know 200 miles down the road we're actually 20,000 kilometers away and we've got to actually carry the inventory to drop ship from our warehouse not from the factory's warehouse Okay, so then do you enjoy being a distributor for pinball? Um, look, the, 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 the people you meet, um, you know, are great. I mean, you get the odd, the odd person that sort of makes your life hard, of course, because you can't please everybody. People seem to think if you're selling a pinball that's $13,000, dollars that you're making $4,000 margin. Well, you know, we're making about 8%. Um, margin, which, you know, is not a lot considering you've got to deal with warranty issues, spare parts you've got to ship to people, you're on the phone talking to people um, with problems and so on, not just during the warranty period, but outside of that period as well. So t- talk about the companies that you distribute. You were uh, you kind of took over the JJP distributorship when all that kind of stuff went down. Um and you've, you've carried all their products, you know, was a Hobbit dialed in and, and Pirates coming up? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, that was pretty disastrous what happened back then. I mean, uh, um, basically, you know, Bumper Action, as you know, which was owned by Delano Reese, which unfortunately is no longer with us. And um, he retired, sold the business to some reputable businessmen um, that ended up not being so reputable. And, uh, ended up, um, you know, going into bankruptcy, owing, you know, five or $600,000 and lots of mums and dads who'd ordered Wizard of Oz pinball machines and paid deposits and paid in full and all that sort of thing, um, you know, had, had the potential of losing a lot of money. But luckily, um, some of that money was paid to Jersey Jack as deposits and um, he consolidated the deposits that he that he got and built games and then we took over the distributorship 
we took those games and converted them into money and then we took that money and converted it back into the people who lost money. So they actually got back about 86 and a half cents in the dollar, um, but it took hundreds of hours of uh, unpaid labour and work and, and effort and lots of people involved. Um, David Steen was was one in particular that was involved in that, but lots of people got involved to get people back as much money as they could because otherwise it just would have destroyed the industry in Australia. Do you think you can do that for uh, Kevin Kulik and, and the Big Lebowski guys? No, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, there was no people who were selling that game over here. And so, so I've got a magic that... girl, though. <laughs> so what happened with then the, um, you know, when Jersey Jack then created the uh, Australia, the Down Under edition, what was that about? Um, so what happened, of course, is most people had ordered the... Um, uh, Emerald City editions, and there was about 70 of them, I believe, that Bumper Action had sold. Now, when all that disappeared and and, and Bumper Action didn't pay the balances um, that were owing at the time that they were due to, 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 to buy these, uh, to pay for these games, you know, Jersey Jack obviously... You know, uh, couldn't wait forever. So, um, no doubt that they were sold to other people um, because there was no balances coming to pay for those games from the distributor. Um, so Jack had created a um, an an Oz Down Under limited edition, and um, uh, those games were available to be sold to the Australian market, um, which had a timber apron and pretty you know, pretty much had the direct printed cabinet art, I mean, and are pretty much like a, the same as what the Emerald City was. That's the one that me and Marty have, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and so- believe me, they're very limited numbers because even though the uh, they're meant to be numbered to 250 games, um, there was... Uh, there was only probably about uh, eighty of them okay. in total. I, th- I think the apron said like um, like mine's like number sixty five or sixty something of a yeah. thousand. I, th- I think it was like they they, yeah. they, they, they just <laughs> use a thousand. But I mean, they yeah, did, they, yeah. They, 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 yeah. And and now so and then we, they're all, they all they're end of line. So it's now just the ruby red edition that you can sell, right? No, uh, that's it. No, they're end of line too. So all the ruby red editions are finished. Um, oh. As well, so they've they've already finished all the numbers of those. So, um, I is, there, believe, is, there, is there a new type? <laughs> um, I, I think there could be a you know a special Wayne Down Under edition, but um, <laughs> no doubt there'll be something else uh, available because it's a popular game. So, well, okay. speaking of popular game, then, so so that was obviously the, the the first Jersey Jack game that you you had, and then obviously you've moved into Hobbit and then dialed in. Have they have the numbers been consistent across those three titles of, of what you've sold? Um, yeah, so Wizard of Oz, um, you know, we've we've done well over a hundred games. The Hobbit, the same, dialed in the same. Um, so as far as sales goes, they they've all been about the same. And the pre-orders that we have on the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, are indicating much the same as well. So our first 40-foot container is leaving Jersey Jack, I believe, this week or next week. Um, You know, they had 25 on the line last week and the rest of them are finishing off this week, I believe. Um, So that that would indicate similar sort of um, popularity on on this title too. Okay. 
And you also you see you're distributing uh, Chicago Gaming Company. So, I mean, it, it was a bit of a, a mad rush to get the Medieval Madness uh, remakes, the limited edition. They're all they're all gone. Um, you're still selling the uh, the standard edition and Attack from Mars as well. Yeah, so the Medieval Madness Standard Edition, the last three unsold games at Chicago Gaming are on their way over to Jersey Jack at the moment to be shipped over with the Pirates games. Um, And they're the last three Medieval remake games until mid-next year before they start looking at making any more. Okay. Okay. So they're moving on to um, Monster Bash, as we all know. Yep. Um, yeah. The uh, best hidden secret in history. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so they're doing most of the assemblies for that game now so that they can start, you know, shipping them out the door pretty much straight away from when they uh, finish with their licensing approvals or UL approvals or there's a couple of approvals that they were waiting on before they could actually ship games out the door. Okay, and so how popular has then the the Medieval Madness and Attack from Mars remakes been as like compared to other machines that you sell? Um, so what happens with those games is we sell a lot of them in a short period of time. Uh, so... With things like, you know, the Jersey Jack games and other brands, you generally, you know, you're selling them each week over a period of time. But with these, everyone wants to get in on on a, on a limited edition. So they all order it straight away, whether they want it or not, they order it still. Um, and so what happens is you get 50 or 60 or even more orders straight away for that title um, rather than, you know, some orders and some coming over as stock, they're pretty much, you know, your allocation gets pretty well sold out straight away. Is, is that because you think the, you know, most of the people that are buying them are, you know, established connector, uh, you know, collectors, whereas someone who's buying a Wizard of Oz, I'm guessing you sell them to a lot of families buying their first pinball machine versus selling them an Attack from Mars or something? Um, yeah, I mean, what what sort of I find, um, you know, happens is is that once, so let's say someone bought a medieval, then most of those, a percentage of those people will then buy an attack from Mars, and then a percentage of the medieval people who also bought an attack from Mars will buy a monster bash plus new people. So the thing that's becoming more difficult is the allocation because I only make a thousand limited edition games and let's say we get allocated say 50 well the, that that 50 you've got more than 50 customers that want them um, so but they're not making any more than the thousand and our allocation generally isn't getting any higher um, mm-hmm. so unless they change their allocate so unless they change their um, you know, production runs on our leads of, of more than a thousand, um, then we, we're going to sell out of every remake um, very quickly in our leads. I mean, yeah. Okay. Do you, um, oh, you know, what I was trying to get at, I guess, is if, if someone rings up and they say, Hey, I want to buy my first pinball machine, I mean, obviously you have a wide variety of, of secondhand machines from the 90s and you, you trade, do trade ins and things like that. Yeah. Is it, is it easier to sell them a, say, a Hobbit or a Wizard of Oz or a Dulled In? because it's got the big screen and it's newer, or do you say, well, you should get a Medieval Madness or Attack from Mars because you know that that's a popular title because, you know, the pin side lists and then, you know, 20 years worth of people playing it. 
Um, well, I mean, after we call them an ambulance and sit them down for a while to calm <laughs> them down because we've told them how much a new machine is, um, then generally I, I, I ask them a question, what are they doing with the machine? Do they have any kids? Um, are they going to be playing it a lot? Um, is it just for themselves, something that they remember playing when they were younger? Let's say they remember playing a, an, a, an early strikes and spares or, a, or, or something similar. <laughs> yes. Then, um, or a meteor or something. Um, then um, I try to work out what they're going to be doing with it and whether it's for them or whether it's for the family. Now, if it's for the family and they've got kids, I recommend that they buy something at least in the 1990s because – it's got ramps and music and video modes and all of that sort of thing. They won't get bored with it as quickly and also the kids can sort of hammer it and play it a lot and it's, it's going to be quite reliable for home. Um, otherwise, you know, certainly the newer games, um, if that fits within their budget, then, uh, you know, The Hobbit is a very popular title and Wizard of Oz as well. Um, but, um, yeah, so I just I try and it's not all about making money and selling them whatever has the most profit in it and what you can move out the door. It's more about not getting annoyed on Saturday nights, getting phone calls with problems with a machine. You've sold someone that isn't really going to suit the, the, the application that they're buying it for. So I try and work out what they're doing with it first. But everyone has a wide range of income. So you've got to try and sell a game that fits their, their budget as well. No mm. point selling them, you know, a, a Hobbit pinball or some brand new pinball under finance with repayments that they can't afford to make as well. Um, so I just try and, you know, try and fit the machine to the customer, depending on what that is. I think theme also would play probably a, a really important thing. Like, yes, Attack from Mars, we know, and Medieval Madness are, are better games, dare I've said it. But when you say to a family, you've got Wizard of Oz or Hobbit. That's the theme component that sort of appeals to them as well, would you say? Yeah, well, well absolutely. I mean, all, all the themes like like Medieval Attack from Mars, as you know, are, are not licensed themes. So they're, they're, they're popular because people remember them as being, a, you know, a, a classic machine and a great machine back 20 years ago um, that they probably used to play. But... But with something like The Hobbit or Wizard of Oz and all that, they've automatically got um, brand recognition. Yep. Um, and it's something that they sat in the cinemas and watched or fell asleep for however many hours it was watching all The Hobbit series. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, or, or, so, or The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that's right. Well, so then so then that leads to, uh, probably for me, the um, you know American Pinball now. So you've got um, Houdini that you're selling. Do you find that that... Um, even though it's, you know, they say it's not a licensed theme, but it kind of is a pseudo license. Does that sort of fall into that category now, where it, it is a theme that's recognisable to the masses? Um, yeah, look, everyone knows Houdini. So whether it be a licensed theme or a, a, a theme that is is no longer trademarked or whatever, you know, everyone's familiar with it. So definitely, um, you know, lots of people. Um, play this game it's got video modes and, and it's very good value for money as well um, you know certainly it doesn't have as many you know multi-mini play fields and all of those sorts of things as some other other games that are more expensive do 
but it has a fit in both home use uh, as well as uh, operators buying it too because a lot of operators don't want to spend $14,000 on a new pinball but we're finding quite a few operators are buying the Houdini and citing it um, you know some are going on site in Sydney and Queensland the minute they arrive so the more pinballs we can get out on site which is where stern has the advantage because they have the pros or the premiums and the le's for collectors um but you know we've got to have some product that you know doesn't necessarily have all the bells and whistles but um you know is a bit cheaper that we can get out on the street to get more people playing pinball because the more people that play pinball like you guys you play pinball out out on site and then you buy them and you have them in your home and then you start collecting them and one's never enough that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's, it's. I'm not sure if it's a misconception, but a lot of people I think say that oh, if you got a lot of pinball machines on site, then you you know you don't necessarily need it. Um, but the amount of people, and Ghostbusters is the biggest one for me. That the amount of people that I've had conversations with, that they say, ah, oh, I played Ghostbusters here or there, and I just fell in love with it, and I bought it. It's my first machine. It's it's just insane. So you know, the more I guess, the, the more you can get the machine out there, and uh, you know, there's a dialed in on site in Melbourne now, and there's a dial. It's a you know, my Hobbit um, in the city as well. Um, I don't think anyone's citing a Wizard of Oz, but I, I could be wrong. They probably used one somewhere at some uh, some kid's place. Um, Wayne, uh, let's talk about yeah. I think um, you also need to look at the fact that there are fantastic machines that have tons of toys and features and all that sort of stuff. But when it's like a car, the more the more features and toys and gadgets and everything that you have on it, the more something goes wrong. It's not that it means that that machine is specifically troublesome. It just means that, you know, if your car's got, you know, all this adaptive cruise and opens and closes a door by itself and parks itself and does all that stuff, then, you know, the more features it has, the more problems that you will you will have with that machine. So that tends to put some operators off. They want a simple machine that they can put on site, is easy to maintain and and doesn't break down and, and is easy to change parts on and so on, so on. So that's that's what I'm finding, you know, where where some of the more simpler games are, are cited everywhere because even though they may not be better games to play but you know their their downtime is less and they're they're making good money and their return on their investment you know is a lot less well so then that brings us to the probably the next machine in you know that parallel of having too much and therefore a lot of things can break down let's talk about alien pinball so you were distributor for yep. Highway before it all changed and you actually I think you managed to get one of the last shipments of it and it, it's been an interesting game um, yeah so look it, it, it's about 95% there it's that 5% that you know you've got to tweak it and change a few things on it like you know USB cables and all these types of things um, and, and you've played it I mean the, the code so some of the code on the earlier revision was a bit buggy. Yeah. Um, you know, even today uh, we were playing one and we lost the flippers <laughs> on it, and it had new USB cables on it, and it right. had new power supply, and it had just about everything. And um, you know, I think in the end I threw a new I/O board at it, um, and it seems to behaving be behaving itself at the moment. But yeah, um, 
uh, I think the problem that happened with that is the first code that came out, I think it was 1.0 uh, or 1.1 or something, no, 1.0, and that was actually quite good. It was quite stable. And then they bought out the 1.1 code and just about every machine on the planet had problems, wouldn't boot up or, you know, flippers lost, things dropped out, all that type of stuff, and then it went into panic mode with parts and warranties and repairs and everything all over the world. Um, and then, of course, they came out with the 1.2, which fixed a lot of the bugs that 1.1 had. By the time all that happened, it was a little bit too late, um, and they, you know, they, they just, uh, the people had lost confidence in the brand. Sure. So what what's the status now? So um, are you still able to get parts or what's, um, so, what's the deal there? So the status is that quite a few people have worked together to have parts remanufactured all over the world. Um, there are a stash of parts that I have access to um, that include, you know, like I.O. boards and, you know, jaw boards and jaw mechs and motherboards and monitors. So, yeah, there are more parts uh, becoming available for them. So then another interesting game that you still have in your possession, I don't know whether you really were officially a distributor, maybe, Magic Girl. Talk to us about, in particular, so we, we also, we streamed your Magic Girl when you got it. Yeah. And, yep. and it was dreadful. Right? We, let, let's just put it, let, right, it was. Um, but what's your experience been with? And what I really want to know is what you believe kind of works and what doesn't work and, and why it doesn't work. Well, I believe the designer um, in question believes that the machine is a piece of art and it is the best pinball machine ever made by any manufacturer anywhere in the world. Honestly, believe that that's what he thinks. Um, it looks great. It does play. You know, I think uh, Ryan got a multi ball on it. Yeah, you can flip it and and so on. But um, yeah, it's it's the biggest problem is the hard. Most of the hardware's there, but the software's not. So if you go into test, you can test a magnet and you can test a gate and you can test different things that kick and pop and all that. But there's no software that's been written for it actually to function. So, you know, I mean, sure, there are some hardware items that, that you know, aren't there or no way of getting to that particular feature. But, um, but as far as it still needs a lot of software. Um, now, I think American, not American pinball, um, um, deep root. Is it deep root? Deep, deep, deep root. Yep, yep, yep. We're all yep. in for a deep root. Um, that'll be good. <laughs> um, so they, I believe, are bringing out Magic Girl and Alice in Wonderland and Razor or whatever it's called. But um, so hopefully we can get some parts and 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 get the actual machine complete. But it's a museum piece. There's only 19 of them in the world. Yeah, And if you've got a collection of pinball machines and you have it in your collection and you're just playing a few games on it here and there, that's great. But if it's your only pinball machine, um, then it's not so great. No. Are, are you going to be distributing Deep Root or is that, is that an ongoing discussion? Or? Um, I, I haven't heard from them at all, actually, to be honest. Um, nobody from um, has, has offered me a Deep Root yet, uh, so I'm not sure um, it's gonna, um, well, what's going to we happen. Have. Yeah? But <laughs> have you? Oh, okay. <laughs> I must have been drunk. 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, not really sure what's been happening there. I know uh, the, the you know the the boss of the company um, was one of the people who was involved in trying to put an offer in uh, to be an investor in uh, Jersey Jack before um, the current investors were there. But um, that's as much as I I know about them. Okay, but they've also um, they've got a great team of designers. So you're, you're pretty much yeah for sure, and um, you're pretty much distributing. Well, let, let's say pretty much everything but Stern. Um, I yeah, think I think spooky. Not spooky. Not spooky. Okay, no, no. but you did you did get some of the machines in. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got some spooky pinballs, um, but we're not a, we're not an authorised distributor for spooky. Um, but you know we feel that there needs to be spooky product in Australia available for people to purchase now and load it up in their car and take it away. Yeah. And so therefore we've purchased some some machines at full price, um, like every other consumer, and we've got customers who just prefer to be able to buy a product and not order it and wait for it, but actually buy it, take it away, and, well, and play off it. they go. Play it before they and put the money it, down, right? Enjoy it, exactly, yeah. yep. So there's one in Sydney out on site um, that, that's come from us. Um, there's a couple more that people have bought privately. So, look, we're in the business of selling pinballs, and the golden rule over here is you either sell Stern um, or... Or, or you don't sell anything. So, therefore, the distributors who sell Stern can't sell any other brand. And we don't sell Stern because they're the distributor for Stern, so we'll sell everything else. Yeah, can't. Now, if I can, just go back to, you know, being a distributor for the likes of, of Highway. And, and I bring this up because, you know, when you, you can't just say, well, there's another manufacturer that's not Stern, therefore... We're the distributor. Like you've really got to assess who they are, and and I bring this up because I wanted to know what your thoughts were on what actually happened with Highway, and and where did it go, and and who are these people? Well, the initial um, discussions that we had with Andrew Highway um, were that we were going to be the distributor. Um, he was building sample games. We were to get a sample machine and then order in, you know, a quantity of machines once we'd seen them and so on. Uh, however, we got um, a phone call to say most of the distributors have ordered 20 games. How many are you ordering? And I said, well, you know, we're not ordering any at the moment because we don't have a sample and we can't see the product or anything yet. That was back when it was full throttle. Um, so... Uh, then he said, oh, no problems, I'll let you know when we've got the game, the sample game, and that was it. Next thing I know, another distributor had the full throttle machine and was announced as a distributor. And then not long after that, that he sold that machine off and then he took off his website that he was the distributor. And I believe he was told that he either sells Stearns or he doesn't sell anything or he sells Highway. Uh, so, therefore, he pulled the pin on it. So, then Andrew Highway came ra- running back to us again <laughs> saying, oh, look, we really, really, you know, we've made a mistake and so on and we really want you to be the distributor and so on. But by that stage, it was too late anyway. He'd, um, he was pretty much out the door um, and then we were dealing with, um, uh, you know, the pinball brothers. 
people who took over um, from Highway. So we really didn't have too much to do with Andrew so much. Um, It was more talking with the Pinball Brothers, which in actual fact, we didn't really buy anything off Highway as such because the Pinball Brothers had set up a completely different company and that company was technically bought the shares in Highway or bought the assets of Highway and we actually purchased them machines from them, not so much Highway directly. Do you believe they'll be back in some form with, uh, what was their second machine? I can't even remember now. Queen and uh, was it Playboy? Yeah, I, I don't know about Playboy. Um, I, you know, Queen, from what I'm led to believe, is that they've got the license to Queen and that they'll be manufacturing it in Norway or Sweden or somewhere under the Pinball Brothers banner. But um, I don't, you know, it's now September and I thought that they were meant to be making some announcement at some point later in the year about the new machine and the and the new company and the and the product. But uh, it, it takes a lot longer than the time frame. I'd be surprised if if they have much happening okay. for the next year. Okay. And plus okay. the wind up of highway as well. I mean that takes time as well. Yeah. Pinball Expo is coming up, so I guess we'll see if they uh, change that uh, exhibition list last minute. Sometimes they do that. Yep. Wayne, you've been involved with with Pinball for a long time, and uh, you had a a pretty ambitious um, goal to recreate Medieval Madness back. Geez, I don't know. When when was it? When did that all all start? Um, Back in about 2005. um, Yeah, about 2005. But a little bit before that, so we were the Bally Williams agents in Australia, you know, with parts. So we were an agent for Illinois Pinball who had purchased a license from Williams to manufacture replacement parts exclusively for five years and yeah. non-exclusively after that. Um, so we we were selling all Bally Williams parts that we were sourcing from Illinois Pinball as, as a parts distributor. But um, we had to ring Illinois Pinball at 2 o'clock in the morning Australia time and sit on the phone, you know, basically trying to beg for parts to get them to pack parts that are sitting in a corner waiting, you know, that have been sitting in that corner for the last three months to try and get the parts out the door to get parts because we needed the parts. And this was the, this was a problem that was happening worldwide was that they had all the parts, but they couldn't put them in boxes or they couldn't get them out the door uh, quick enough for whatever reason. Um, so I, I got sort of fed up with it. And one day I um, sent Williams an email and basically just said, listen, you know, um, I want to buy, you know, a license or, want to buy the rights or I want to want to basically buy, you know, buy, buy whatever you've got for sale um, and here's a million dollars. So I threw some bait out in the middle of the river basically to say, well, here's a million dollars hanging on this line. Australian dollars or US dollars? <laughs> US dollars. US dollars. Right. Yeah. So I said, here's a million dollars hanging on this line as bait. So, you know, if you want it, it's there to take, but, you know, you've got to give me something for it. So um, they, they're they owned by shareholders. Now, mm-hmm. what happened was um, it got to a point with discussions going backwards and forwards 
and and Stern were involved in these discussions, but they couldn't get to they couldn't get the money together by a certain date that was required, um, or the contract signed, or whatever. Because with with shareholders, they have their annual report and and they have their dividends and whatever they do, and they they were coming up short for their fine you know for their commitments that they have to give give or tell their shareholders so by um, having this on the balance sheet and I'm sure if you look into you know the Williams balance sheet you'll see this transaction um, where um, them selling you know this license to me um, it went into their balance sheet which was profit and in which case you know that meant that their turnover for that quarter was a lot stronger than what it would have been. Yeah. Um, so, what, so what did, what did you actually buy? Numbers. Why did you buy from? Well, we basically bought um, we bought the Pinball dot com website. We bought all the seventy nine <coughs> patents, Williams patents that they had. You know, for like ball troughs and you know auditing systems and. You know, all sorts you, of patents. You, you bought them forever or it's like a temporary license? Them, no, no, we bought them forever. We bought them outright. Yeah. Um, so, we, so we bought the website, we bought all the patents, and then we licensed the copyrights um, from them. And we also um, licensed the rights to remanufacture all of the replacement parts as well as games. That's new games under the Bally trademark and um, uh, new games under the Bally trademark as in completely new titles yeah. and old games that were that had the Bally trademark under the Bally trademark or Williams games um, but without the use of the Williams trademark on remakes or new games. And the reason for that was because... We, they were still using that Williams name uh, sure. in their gaming machines. Mm -hmm. um, so they didn't want to cause confusion in the marketplace as well by saying, oh, well, all of a sudden, you know, Williams is making, um, you know, new machines because yeah. they didn't own the rights to Bally anyway. Bally is actually owned by Caesars Entertainment in Las Vegas. So they were just a licensee of the Bally name for pinball anyway. Okay. Um, so um, that's pretty much what, what we licensed. So we got all the intellectual property as well. We got the source codes. We got all the CAD files and drawings and artwork, discs, and pretty much, you know, they backed up all of their computers that they had, um, you know, in, including everything, administrative stuff as well. They backed everything up and, and gave us, you know, all of that. I mean, I can tell you who's, you know, I can t probably tell you every designer's birthday. So, <laughs> um, I mean, how does Gene Cunningham come into this? Because he, he also owned something at that time or did he, did he own half and you owned half or something? No, if you ask Gene Cunningham, he owned everything. But he actually, all, all Gene owned was um, Gene owned a license to remanufacture replacement parts exclusively for five years and then non-exclusively after that. And what that meant was that Williams could sell a licence to somebody else after five years and have other people doing it. Well, okay. I made sure I put a stop to that and made sure my licence was perpetual and exclusive. So I had to understand that Illinois Pinball was still a licensee 
yeah. and had an existing license, but mm-hmm. I was the perpetual um, license holder. Okay. So there would so, be no more licenses, and there'd be no more um, no more licenses, and they couldn't issue a license to anyone else to make games or parts. All right. So, so you're sitting there now in Australia with the, you know, all of these patents and, and all these licenses. And I'm guessing you've got a container ship down of, of certain goods because I know you got like, uh, I mean, you've got one of the uh, wizard blocks there, right? Or, or yep. some parts. Yep. Yeah. 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 So you, you're sitting on this stuff and then I'm guessing you have a, a meeting with uh, the people that work for you and, and you say, okay, let's, let's figure out what we're going to do with all this stuff, right? Yep. Well, to be honest, my, my, my day involved coming into work every morning and answering about 300 emails from people all over the world, whether it be I'm after this nut and bolt to, to fix this pinball or this bracket or do you have this part number or something like that or lawyers or television studios emailing me for permission to use a pinball machine in some movie or commercial or something. Um, so, look, we, we started off um, reproducing you know, a lot of parts that were were out of stock. So yeah. there was about um, about 700 parts that we remade that weren't currently available. They included all of the moulded plastic parts. I mean, people seem to think that the magic parts fairy just comes along and sprinkles <laughs> parts, but it doesn't work that way. So um, we made, you know, like all the troll heads. I mean, the red troll heads, that was my idea. Um, you know, the mad and the mad ringmasters and, and the inverted ringmasters and, you know, all of these other things. So we remade a lot of those, a lot of metal parts, plastic parts, you know, flipper bats, you know, all sorts of parts that were out of stock. So that was that was the first thing, and we got those to distributors all over the world, like your Marcos and your Bay Area Amusements and your Pinball Heaven and all the companies in Europe and so on. So we were picking and packing parts all the time. We had a factory in Chicago where parts went to, some of them got distributed off to resellers in the US, and then the rest of them got packed up and shipped over here to Australia. Okay, and then you made a decision from there to pot, you know, to to remake Medieval Bandits. How, how did that come about? Did you see the the prices for that going up the most, or? Well, what what happened initially was um, we were working on the Crocodile Hunter um, as a pinball prior to acquiring the license from Williams, and. Um, you know, it was all going together pretty well. I mean, we had a new pin system software, operating system. Um, we had so what did you what did you base this off? Sorry, did you? This isn't based off Pinball Two Thousand. This was kind of like a hybrid of the WPC ninety five architecture. Yeah, like what we were trying to do was produce a product that that transitioned that that looked similar to both as in similar to a WPC and Pinball 2000, but getting away from the projection onto the playfield situation. So, so the head so box... You, you said, sorry, that you were producing it while... Uh, sorry, before you had the licence, but it had the Bally name under it. So were you... It, it didn't initially. It oh, was, okay. It, it, the Bally name came later. So the Bally name came... What we were doing was designing this game 
we didn't even have the the rights. We we were just utilising our own information. But what happened is when we acquired the rights, we then got all the um, the um, the Williams um, Design Library, which basically tells you, you know. You, you can put a ramp here, and you, you've got a shot here, and you've got a set of a, a set of pop bumpers, and and, a, and the playfield has to be this wide, and the lanes have to be that wide, and the flipper gap has to be this wide, and you you drag these 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 design libraries in AutoCAD, and you drag them from the screen above, and you place them in position. So so we were able to so we went back and redesigned the playfield layout using all the engineering um, and drawings and CAD files and everything like even the inserts everything that Williams had supplied to us. So it is. It's pinball is easy then. In in, in the nineties with Kelly Williams, you just you just dra- drag drop on the playfield, just like Joe Camacow said. Well, so, someone, so, yeah, someone had to actually. Uh, uh, John Popajuk emailed me, you know, a long, long time ago, asking me if I had a copy of his uh, hard drive that he had at Williams, and if I'd mind sending it over to him because you know it had all these designs of games that he was working on that was never made. <laughs> so, but, are you um, are you willing to exclusively share some of those titles with us? I don't know whether they've got any specific titles. Um, I'd have to have a look at some of the, the file names because they're all under file names. But, okay. you know, I mean, obviously the things like you dread more mana, you but, know. But and, you do um, have this hard drive things. that's got all these designs on it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Marty, you yeah. need to you need to do a, a, a Melbourne Silver Ball extreme, but instead of playing pinball, just sit there with like a, a camera strapped to your head and just sift just through, through hard drives. <laughs> See what someone's been working on. Wow. Yeah, we could even probably, you know, tell you what some of the designers were getting paid at the time, you know? Wow. How, how about their uh, internet browsing history? Yeah. Do you have that? <laughs> no, no, I don't have that, unfortunately. But... We didn't have the internet back then, Ryan. ASCII porn, ASCII porn. Oh. Um, well, that was before Windows 95, remember? That's it was that. you know, all DOS based stuff. <laughs> Yep, ASCII porn. ASCII porn's been around for ages. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, okay. What happened to Crocodile Hunter? When when did you throw oh. in the towel for that one? Okay. So look, we regardless of what people say, cost you a million dollars, no matter who it is, to design a pinball machine from scratch. This is from from design to having a product that you can start putting on a production line and copying. You know, now we put about 250000 into it. We had a playfield layout. We had some basic flippable software, cabinet art, translite art, and, and we didn't have any playfield art yet, but that's where we're heading. We had some sounds and some voice um, and stuff as well. So we were getting to that point, and then unfortunately he uh, uh, got killed by a stingray. So, oh, so he um, was still he was still alive when this was happening. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He approved some of the um, some of the um, art, some of the voice stuff, um, and also I've got a signed. Um, uh, it's like a photo signed photo thing of him that that, yeah. that we got to. Um, so what happened back then is the with licensing, they use separate companies to do the licensing, and. Um, that company went broke, obviously, because they probably had a lot of licensing going on with the, the Crocodile Hunter. But yeah. the Crocodile Hunter itself 
is a trademark, and they, and they technically hired Steve Irwin to be the crocodile hunter. But you know, you could be the crocodile hunter, Ryan. You know, yeah. it could be anybody. They just happen to employ Steve Irwin as the crocodile hunter. Um, uh, so that's how how that worked. But th- those rights are owned by somebody else. So Australia Zoo that has an image of Steve Irwin there as a crocodile hunter, they have to get permission from the owners of the crocodile hunter to actually have that Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, at Australia Zoo. So different people own the licensing. You've got Discovery Channel involved and you've got, you know, Animal Planet and all these other different licensing arms. Um, But basically, at the time, nobody could approve anything further on the game, meaning um, we could change the name to Australia Zoo and um, have Steve Irwin on it, or we could have um, the Crocodile Hunter and go that way, but there'd be no images or voice of Steve Irwin on it. So um, well, there was a fantastic plan, which I'm, I'm sure everyone would have just, would have been the best-selling machine ever, and that was we could have converted it to Bindi the um, Bindi the Crocodile Girl or something, I think it was called. Um, um so, uh, yeah, so, but we sort of passed on that idea. <laughs> Which is a, a little bit more famous now, but yeah, I don't think that would have been, <laughs> I don't think uh, people have been clamoring to buy that. So, how did that eventually transition into the Medieval Madness remake stuff? Uh, and like- well, so we'd, we'd had a lot of money tied up in that, of course, um, and we sort of, until it was sort of put on hold, it wasn't necessarily cancelled, it was put on hold. So we had people employed to work for us doing all sorts of things, whether it be programming or drawings or, you know, assembly stuff, so on. So we thought, well, okay, well, what, what else can we do? We've got the rights to remake uh, Bally Williams games. So we decided um, we didn't know which one, whether it be Medieval or Cactus Canyon. So we sort of put it out there to people just to, to gain interest. So it wasn't that we were taking orders for Cactus Canyon and Medieval. We put it out there to find what, which one would be the most popular that people would want to buy because obviously, as you know, Cactus Canyon isn't really finished game. Um, so software-wise... So we put it out there and and we found that Medieval was the one that everybody wanted. So then we said, well, we need to get so many orders in for us to be able to warrant, um, you know, building this game. Um, So at the time we sort of got, you know, a thousand people committed. It didn't mean people paid deposits, a thousand people, but we got a thousand people committed and we figured, right, well, let's go with that one. So then we started, you know, working on that. Uh, But little bit different to how um, other people have done their pre-order scenarios and that was that we were using our own money and any deposits that people did pay went into a trust account. We didn't have access to that trust account at all until the game was complete and, you know, so and we had to virtually get written permission off the, the customer who'd paid the deposit for the trustees to release that money, you know, for whatever reason, so. Well, how um, did, how did you um how does this work? I mean, how did you advertise this back in the day? You know, we're talking uh, was it you know maybe twelve years ago or ten years ago? So how how did you is this like on RGP or? Um, yeah, look, I guess, I mean, it's a long time ago now, but, you know, certainly the word gets around, probably not as fast as it gets around now, um, you know, but, um, 
you know, like you know, obviously with pinball.com and you had pinball news and you had all these other media media's um, methods out there. Um, so that's sort of, you know, where most of it sort of started, you know, and people were, were placing orders and all that. But And, you know, we were ordering the parts in and we were s- assembling. I mean, there's plenty of photos around. We were assembling hundreds of troll heads and, you know, flipper assemblies and all sorts of parts for medieval madness. Um, and then, um, of course, we had the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the US economy um, sort of crash, you know, and uh, the Aussie dollar dropped to under 60 cents. Um, it was in the 50s. Um, and, of course, a lot of people were losing their homes uh, in America and the last thing they were doing is buying pinball machines. So we had a lot of people, you know, cancel, you know, and wanting refunds. Now, unfortunately, we can't hold US dollars in trust. It has to be in Australian dollars. So what happens is, let's say, you know, somebody... Um, paid by credit card and let's say that whatever the deposit was, let's say it was two and a half thousand dollars Australian. So that and they might have might have been two thousand US at the time. Well they they pay they paid it in credit card for example, that two and a half Australian, whatever the equivalent at the time was in US dollars, went into um you know, into a into a trust account. Um, now that that was earlier though, before the economy crashed. So let's say hypothetically, if it was you know a dollar for dollar, then you know two and a half thousand dollar deposit was two and a half thousand Australian. Now, when the economy dies and it drops down to fifty cents, well then automatically, uh, when they want a refund, their refund becomes a lot more than the two and a half thousand Australian we're holding. But we've still yeah. got to give them back their two and a half thousand US. So therefore, we were refunding. You know, off the top of me head. I think it was thirty-seven hundred and fifty dollars Australian for 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 uh, the the two and a half thousand Australian they'd paid at the time. So, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of refunds where we were having to top up the the money with our own money um, to refund those people. So, and plus, of course, all the parts then became more expensive, and then having less games being ordered as well meant that the bill of material cost to build these medieval madnesses was was getting right up there, you know, close to $8,000 bill of material costs. Um, but that didn't matter. We were still, the people who were still in on it, you know, we were still prepared to make them, but obviously using our own money uh, just generated through selling parts and so on because we can't use their money because it was in trust. Um, but uh, it, was, it was very, very hard though because every single cent that, you know, came in from general business and selling parts and so on went straight back into, you know, medieval. Okay. Um, now, um, then sort of a, a you know, probably fast-forwarding a little bit, um, you know, Rick from Planetary Pinball, well, Rick from Bay Area Amusements, you know, contacted me and, and said, you know, look, um, we, we can't get parts out of Illinois Pinball and they were having financial difficulties um, at the time too. So, uh you know, like, would you be interested in selling the rights? Because Jersey Jack was looking at starting up making pinballs and using Bally Williams parts. They had some other, um, some other interested parties that were looking to do to manufacture some some other products, uh, etc. And um, whether I'd be interested in selling the rights. And I said, well, look, you know, it's not for sale, but I guess you know, if um, you know, if you offer me a, you know, 
outrageous amount of money, well, you know, I suppose <laughs> everything's available for a price, you know. Um, I said, but the only problem I've got is I've got committed people who have paid deposits on a medieval madness, you know, that um, that we're, you know, that I'm personally, I'm, I'm committed to, you know, committed to making. Um, and they sort of, so cut a long story short without, you know, saying too much in regards to, you know, um, uh, contractual arrangements we have with them, but we ended into, you know, an arrangement with them where uh, they would supply us with a certain number of medieval madnesses at a certain price and that uh, those machines we could make available to customers that wanted to swap over to the the, uh, the planetary pinball uh, remake of the Medieval Madness. So a lot of people swapped over to that. Yep. At least 20 people have received a brand-new Williams-based Medieval Madness that we built from us. Okay. Um, and, you know, we do have lots of parts left over, as people notice. We've got just about every part from Medieval Madness you can think of. How many thousand ramps do you want or WPC boards left, right and centre? Um so, you know, we've we've still got lots of parts that we could we could make games and you know, but the problem is the cost of labor and producing these games, we can't dedicate all our time to making up spending on putting medieval madnesses together. So we've just send been them doing to, a uh, to Mike of time. and Mike and Homepin. Send them to Mike and Homepin. We can him <laughs> up pretty easy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's busy trying to make boards or something for <laughs> Williams boards <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. He's trying to work out how he can get the uh, a couple of letters removed from the dictionary. <laughs> International <laughs> rescue is a lot. How can we? How can we sell the home pin distributor, Wayne? Um. Well, <laughs> I just shouldn't ask you that. Yeah. Look, basically. All I can say is I wished Homepin the very best. I even helped them with some intellectual property stuff to assist them in manufacturing their machine, um, which I've got boxes of them at uh, work. I'll show you one day, Ryan. Um, I, I know so, exactly what and, you're talking about. Yeah. And, and, I've, and he's even made some products for me, some, some boards and, and things. Um, and regardless of what everyone had said, I just kept my own opinion and just stuck to it like that. But when someone that sells, you know, 50 Hank and Home Pin tabletops a year for him, uh, and when when he asks a simple question of, you know, would you, will you have a machine ready for flip out, uh, which is a, a show we have, a pinball show here in Melbourne in December? Um, we'd you know, love to showcase your machine. We've got other manufacturers that are showcasing their machines as well. Uh, and the reply I get is Melbourne's like a third world country and um, well, for travel. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and it, it's, um, what was the other thing? Like a third world country for transport to get to and from the airport, uh, and that Melbourne is the wart on the amusement industry that just won't heal. Well, yeah, also another valid point. So, those, uh, anyway. those comments, um, basically, I, yeah, I decided that, uh, I would no longer be selling any home pin products. 
Yeah, fair enough. Well, so let's let, let's then move on to Flip Out, right? So this is the event that's happening December this year. We This will be the third year, is that right? Third year, yep, yep. absolutely, yep. And Bigger so and better, yeah. Yeah, I know. And so we've had, you know, Jersey Jack come out, and he's coming out yep. again this year. Tell us about this event. Uh, so, so it's on... Um, Saturday the 1st and Sunday the 2nd of December in Melbourne um, at the Sandbelt Hotel, 630 South Road in uh, Moorabbin, uh, about 20 kilometres southeast of the city. Uh, so we've we've got, um, you know, we have over 50 pinballs that'll be there for people to play. Um, we've got uh, competitions on, uh, IFPA sanctioned um, for Saturday and the finals on Sunday and Saturday night, we've got a flip frenzy happening as well. Uh, Jersey Jack will be flying in for that event as as usual. Uh, unfortunately, uh, haven't heard back from home pin yet. Not sure where he'll be present. Um, but certainly the invitation is there for all pinball manufacturers. Um, American Pinball, uh, we've sent an invite out to them as well. Hopefully, they will have their second pinball machine ready available for release by then too. Ooh, that'd be exciting to play Oktoberfest. Um, Mafia Pinball, Wayne, are you possibly doing anything with that? So the uh, Mafia Pinball, um, the I think it's number eight of number ten, eight of eight of ten uh, is being loaded in the UK at the moment and shipped over to us. So we'll have that in a few weeks, so nice. people will be able to see that and play that at okay, uh, at Flipout, and we'll be able to stream it, no doubt, Wayne. And you'll be able to stream it. Yep, absolutely. So that uh, that's heading over. So it'll be a few weeks and it'll be here. You've probably seen some footage of some other machines being shipped to the US and so on, show machines. So our show machine will be here soon. Awesome. Well, that's good. be interesting to see what it's all about. But uh, sounds like a, It sounds like a good event, Wayne. Sounds like, uh, I mean, every year you're building it up and up and, uh, you know, you've got talks and, and, and stuff on, you know, Jersey Jack yep. has come. Uh, exactly. Every, we, have every the, we have the, where else can you see the internet thingy? Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> <Where else? laughs> I can't believe he's coming um, back. You know, and, and there's uh, back by popular demand, you know. Um, these Magic Girl, the, the only just, they just keep yeah. on coming. Magic Girl will be there, Wayne. Um, TNA. Yeah, we've got we've got Magic Girl there. We've got Alien there. We've got TNA there. We've got um, what's the Pirates other thing? We've got Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Which which um, version? The Mafia, which version? the Mafia pinball. You, what's what's happened to the three spinning disc version? Because you you're probably one of the only people in the world that has a three spinning disc version. Is that was that returned to sender, or do you still have that um, somewhere? You know, I, I heard that they wanted it back. Um, unfortunately, uh, it uh, had a severe uh, catastrophic accident, fell down a flight of stairs, mm. um, and um, we just can't find the three spinning discs. Uh, so it's we've gl- glued it all back together, and there's just one spinning disc. So therefore, we're, we're sort of figuring that if it's just got one spinning disc, we can we can keep it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying, but it's still no. funny. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Man, meaning that, you know, if it doesn't exist, it's disappeared. No, we agree. So. We get it. <laughs> you're just, we get just it. publicly announcing, yeah, okay. You could have just said, um, you sold it. Like, that would have just been easier to understand and more believable. Sold it. No, but then they'd want us to pay them for it. Oh, <laughs> 
All right, Wayne. Um, it was. Don't it was out the, uh, the other one that dialed in either. So. <laughs> That's a good way to talk about it, Wayne. Just just live on air with three thousand listeners. Yeah, okay, no yeah, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to thank you uh, for coming on today. It was very interesting to uh, get the backstory about that. Um, you know, the Belly Williams license and and the medieval madness. And uh, we, we wish you luck. And we will be there at uh, Flip Out two thousand eighteen uh, to support the event. And Martin will be running all the tournaments. Yes, I will. But the multi million dollar question is. How much did I? Everyone wants to know how, how much did I get paid for 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 selling the Williams rights? Well, well I mean, obviously we <laughs> want to know. Will, will you tell us? All I say to people is, I sit at my million dollar beach house, driving my quarter of a million dollar sports car, or flying my million dollar helicopter down to my million dollar beach house if it's too cold. And just sit there, drinking a few beers, watching the boats go backwards and forwards, carrying all the container loads of pinballs. <laughs> I don't have to worry about all the stress involved in in the in the life. Oh shit! Wait, you're you're there every day working your ass off. What are you talking about? <laughs> Other than when I'm not there working my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wayne. Now we all love pinball. We, you know, I mean, regardless of what people may think about me or heard about me or anything like that, I mean, you know, like I mortgaged my house to buy the rights because I love pinball. You know, I left school when I was fifteen to a job working on electromechanical and solid state pinballs. That's that's all I've really done. You know for 35 36 years so for people to sort of people who say oh you're not passionate about pinball you know etc etc you couldn't be any further from the truth i know i i remember you telling me the story about the guy who's was trying to make a remake wizard blocks and and you're pretty much the only person in the world that could help him out and you kind of gladly uh you know shared what you could um with him right i posted on pin side all the rules so he could actually yeah and uh compi i think his username is or something um pinside name is but um yeah you know um the more people that make pinballs doesn't matter what it is um the the more people that play pinball the, the whole thing is to get people involved in pinball and while we're here to three thousand people anyone that's in the us europe uk singapore china even um Come to flip out in December. Come to Australia because you know you can. It's the only place you can get kangaroo sacks from. <laughs> kind of also and didgeridoos and everything else. Yep. <laughs> you know, and we'd we'd love to have you here. We can do with the IFPA points too, but but we'd love to have you here. <laughs> All right, wait. we got to go. You're shutting this down. <laughs> See you, mate. Josh, Josh Sharp, come, come. <laughs> What's so random? Why Josh Sharp? Why not? Doesn't he get the highest points? He's just, he's, just literally, he's just literally putting out names of the few people that he knows. Doesn't, doesn't he have the highest points? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Raymond Davison. Oh my god, that's who you want, Raymond Davison. 
Josh Sharp's the evil guy who runs the organization. He's like the Doctor oh, Evil. He, he's the, you know, so we have to pay him $1 million. Yes. <laughs> yeah, $1 at a time, Wayne. $1, $1 at a time. $1 at a time, okay. Um, I'm crying. Okay. Let's go. We got to stop. Wayne. <laughs> yes, Wayne. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, we'll chat to you soon. We'll See let you know when Mafia is here and you can come and play that one. Yeah, for sure. Okay, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Good talking to you guys. See you, mate. See ya. <laughs> So there we go. That was Wayne Gillard, also known as Mr. Pinball. We learnt a lot. Yep. I had to have a five-minute break to stop laughing and calm myself down <laughs> at the end. Oh, no. Let's get straight into the news, Marty. Yes. We've got two weeks' worth of news to go through. Yes. So, Oktoberfest. Yes. Talked about a while ago. Well, uh, rem- I mean, who would have thought, except that we blew the lid on this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess there was an official announcement. Uh, saying that it will be their next game. Correct. Uh, Joe Balsa talked about it at the Vancouver Vancouver Flipout Festival. I think that's yep. what it's called. Yeah. It is a... Uh, I mean, what did he show? He showed a picture of an old dude, and he showed a very kind of cryptic picture of the playfield. Yes. We were ready... Sorry. We already knew from the Josh Kluger interview that it does have three flippers. Yes. Uh, an upper right flipper. The shots are a bit more wide open. What can you deduce from that cryptic kind of picture? Fuck all. Like, I, and I stared at that picture over and over. It's at such a an odd angle, and I couldn't even really make out where the photo was taken from. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting thing. It, it could be a great machine. I think that, you know, the, the, the license, you know, what is it? Oktoberfest pinball on tap. Um I, I don't know. Right? It, it, from from that, what we could make of that little tiny black and white picture, it looks like a full pinball machine. A full pinball machine. Well, <laughs> okay. what I, what what I mean, mean is, it, it looks like it will be a pinball machine. It will have wow. ramps. It will have flippers. It will have all the elements that you want in a pinball machine. Like they, there, there you have it, guys. Martin it is there, right? That's with it. the official Oktoberfest review. Right? Oh, there shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we can see this. I think that's a side ramp there. It looks like the same kind of side ramp as uh, that's on Simpsons it's Pinball yeah. Party. But, you know, you got a scoop and you got a big wide open kind of left ramp. Um, and then a whole bunch of wire forms kind of crisscrossing and... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see in, a, in, I guess, 50 or so days or whenever it is um, at the Chicago Pinball Expo. Yep. Very exciting. Of course, there's a lot of people that uh, are, are kind of shitting on the theme. Oh, of course. If, okay, l- listen, guys, I'm going to tell you this one more time. I think I've already said it before. You guys don't own stocks in pinball machines. You don't make money when pinball machines uh, you know, make money. When Stern sells a shitload of Ghostbusters, guess what? You don't make any money from that, like, unless you're an operator that operates the pinball machine. So, yes, we want all these companies to sell a crap load of their pinball machines so they can be successful. Um, do I think this is going to be a, a, a thing that sells thousands of pinball machines? Probably not. But that doesn't make me want to shit on the license because I don't like it. Yeah. That it, it's. I want to support them in any way that I can because – they're making an original theme and I'm guessing it's going to be fun and someone put it on on Pinside the Best sorry I didn't write down your username so I'll, I'll, this is the exact quote 
Because people are like, a game about beer, you know, how fucking stupid. Oh, a game about boobs, you know, no one will ever let you have that pill machine. Someone said, a game about catching fish, lame. A game about rafting, rest in peace, Bally Williams. Why can't they do cool themes like Data East? I'm a marketing expert. And that, that said it all to me. It's just like all these fucking amazing games from the 90s have stupid-ass themes. Yep. Really stupid. Well, and they're fun. Well, okay. So, I, I know it's 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 not necessarily an exact parallel, but I'm going to talk about Aerosmith. Because Aerosmith, for me, is a terrible theme. And when I heard about it, I just went, what a shit theme. A, a band that's, you know, had its heyday years ago, not relevant now, it's going to be a shit game. And then when you actually see the art and how they've reinterpreted them in, in that style, and then it's a solid pl- playfield layout, and it's got great rules, and obviously we're going to go into code in a sec. It actually is a great game. So if the game is great, if the rules are great, if the you know art package and sound is all great, then that can actually make a theme that you didn't think was great all of a sudden be great. I just think that the overall mood of what everyone's into at the moment um, will, I, I don't know. Like, like the, as part of the whole collective community, you know, not a lot of people say, well, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I'll buy whatever machine I buy. No, no one wants to be the guy that, oh, my God, you bought that? Oh, my God, you bought this this game? Like, yeah. like that, that's a turd. That's a turd or this, this, and that. So I'm not sure if it's going to be cool to, to own. A, <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but this is how, you know, some collectors think. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be cool to own a Oktoberfest, but I, I don't know. I just I love Bally Williams games from the 90s, and uh, this isn't a Bally Williams game from the, the 90s, but you could see the theme being one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's got potential. I, I want to see, I want I want to see what they do with the visuals, how they bring that theme to life, and and obviously I want to see the playfield. Um, it's a Joe Bowser, so it's going to be an interesting layout. It's going to have some interesting shots. I don't think he would even dare do a standard fan layout, which has just got basic shots that we all know. I think he will try to do something different. I don't know. The um. I guess the biggest pinball market in the world is the US. And uh, it's kind of like people are like, Thunderbirds, what the shit is Thunderbirds? They should retheme it to a Team America. And that's not going to happen, but that that's what they know. And and America has their, their own holidays. Sure. Everyone has, you know, they have their own holidays, like the 4th of July. And, and I think they're a little bit, def- you know, not everyone. I'm, I'm not putting everyone into the same basket, but a lot of people are defensive about popular things from other countries well it's not popular here so yeah it can fuck off right okay so that's what i was saying about aerosmith like aerosmith was never a massive band in australia they they had their following but nowhere near and so a tiny little shitty country that that we are sort of says oh i don't get aerosmith that means nothing to us no australia's embrace everything we have no culture right so (laughs) we we will absorb yeah absorb everything Yep. Yeah, we, we absorb all the all, all the cultures. Okay, Halloween that doesn't mean anything in this. Well, it didn't mean anything in Australia, and then it slowly, slowly gains popularity. Um, we don't celebrate Fourth of July, but Oktoberfest. You've been to an Oktoberfest party, haven't you, Marty? In the city, surely. I have. Actually. You don't. You I, don't like. Yeah. I, I went to like a a proper German like beer house 
uh, down at the Rocks in Sydney one year for Oktoberfest, and it was freaking amazing. It's just the party theme, okay? It's just people having a good time, and instead of it lasting one day or one weekend, I know, but it, it I lasts guess, a very long time. And and it's just, it's the state of today where really people want bands and superheroes or TV shows, really. And if it's not any of those things, people don't get it. I understand that this is not going to have global appeal. But I don't know. I, I'm holding hope that there's going to be something in this. And when we finally see it, we go, oh, okay, I get that now. I'm still not going to buy it. But Isn't, it, isn't it, it a sad state, though, that we live in? Like, I mean, and, and I'm a hypocrite because I fall into it, too. Like... It, almost the only movies that I'll go and see in the cinema because I don't get to go very often because, you know, young kids and, you know, you have a babysitter and this and that. I pretty much just watch Marvel movies with my, my sure. wife at the cinema because I, I know what I'm going to get. I know we're going to go and have a good time and eat popcorn and it's, it's not deep. I forget about it like a week later. Um, but if I, you know, say there's a really cool art house movie, you know, I, I don't want to take that risk. And it's almost like it, it's sad but it's almost like the same state with pinball machines is that you have to like, oh, what are these What are these 40-year-old, 50-year-old dudes like when they were kids? Let's do that versus going out on a whim and doing something like Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll anyway. see. We will see soon, guys. What else has happened? Well, so we had news. We have now finally know what happened to the Bally Williams license when Farsight lost it from the pinball arcade. It has oh, my gone gosh. On. To Zen Pinball. Oh, my God, what a surprise. So, I don't know. I didn't lose my games. Like, they're still... The ones that I bought that are are still available. Um, It it is a new platform. My biggest concern I had when I heard this was, oh, but I really don't like Zen Pinball. I don't like Pinball FX. I don't... In particular, I don't like how... And and I remember the, the Blackade sort of gave me a, an email and said, well, it's not meant to be. But I, I don't, don't like that Zen Pinball feels and looks like a video game as opposed to a realistic simulation of pinball. So, what? okay, just for people that don't know, including me, Zen Pinball make like... Are they the guys who do like all the Marvel stuff and Jaws? Yes. Is that, is that them? That's yeah. them? Yeah, so pin, Pinball FX... So they have like unrealistic play fields where like yeah. like it's it's impossible to do it in Correct. real life. Correct. Okay. Just thing, things fly across and things come out of the play field that you know you just wouldn't ever make possible. But it's not just that the, the actual physics of the game do not feel real. It's all. the one that has like a crazy ball trail, so you can see yeah, where the ball's going. That's, right. That's exactly right. Okay. Um, yeah. But what they've actually said is that they have now created a new physics model, which is more realistic. And apparently, the people that have played it said that it actually plays great. Um, and I believe you can actually play it now, but I think it's maybe only on PC. And um, you can play Fishtails, the, the full unlocked game. And then I think you've got gimped versions of Medieval Madness, Junkyard, and Getaway. Meaning it, it could be that only up to a certain, like a demo, like only up to a certain level of points, or maybe it's timed. I don't know at this stage. But um, it's good to see. It's good to see at least someone's got the license but I just hope that they start and I think they said this that they're going to start bringing out tables that haven't already been released I guess because I've already got them yeah it's it's so I mean I watched a little video um, that was on this week in Pinball and uh, he had a little interview with them I the, the physics did look a little bit better than the Pinball Arcade one just from the, the video I mean I, I'm not playing it and then they showed them kind of like modeling out 
certain like medieval manless toys or I can't remember what game or junkyard I think it was. And I'm like, ah, oh, you poor bastards! Like, this is already has this already been done by somebody else, and you yeah. have to like sit there and do it all again. Yeah, like, have to do it again. What? A, like, ah, oh, I, I bet the people that work there, are like, man, I just want to make like the next Marvel, like copy and paste, get all the assets, have like balls flying around, and Tony Stark like doing this cool like Iron Man thing. Yeah. No, I'm gonna have to sit here and scan junkyard. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, so speaking of pinball arcade, so they've hit back with a vengeance, right? Ooh. It's a pinball They've released war. Two, two tables this weekend. Stern tables. So this is going to be a, a Stern versus Bally Williams thing, right? Yeah, and uh, mm, I don't know. Like, it, it, it is obviously that that's really where where it is. I don't know. I mean, it'd be kind of good to have both. Like, I want to see more and more Stern games um, coming to the pinball arcade because. I don't know. Again, we're in Australia. We just don't have access to all these machines. And, you know, the Bally William ones, pretty much most of them have been done. Like, the, the good ones have been done. So... No Indiana Jones money? Impossible? Yeah, probably. Um, so, what was released this week was your favourite Big Buck Hunter. Yes. The best multiball ever that, that doesn't go anywhere. No, I know. And I don't know. There's something off about that one. The physics just don't feel right. But they also released Woe Nelly. Big ass juicy melons. That's them. <laughs> and I have not been able to put Woe Nelly down. I just love it. You should buy one, Marty. <laughs> it should be your fourth machine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll get to that later as to why I'm not getting a fourth machine. But it wouldn't be that one. Um, okay. it, it's fun. Um, again, what, what's particularly fun about having it on the Pinball Arcade is you only have to buy it once. You know, okay. putting money into that machine. Like, it's over 100%. so quickly. <clears throat> yeah. So. What do you like about it, Marty? <laughs> Come on, Marty. You know, You're a boob. I, I, you know I'm all about the boobs. Um, <laughs> You've got on record saying that you are not all about the booze, Marty. You said that you're not a boob fan. Sure. Um, what do I like about it? I, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say it, Ryan. I really like the, the call-outs. I really like the, the art on it. Um, I, I, I like that it's difficult. I love that it's an interesting layout. Um, I love the sound effects. I don't know. There's just something about it that's, that's I don't know. Let's call it a guilty pleasure. Okay, so you know, cool. I feel I feel bad and I feel you know disgraced for, for for liking it, but I can't help it. It's a lot of fun. Please send all of your hate mail to the <laughs> Slam Salt Podcast at gmail dot com. What else? So we saw Deadpool this week. Deadpool yes. uh, Premium slash LE. It's the same uh, same playfield. Did you see any of it, Marty? I saw a little bit. And let, let's face it, there was really only one thing I was interested in seeing. Disco multiball. Yep. Disco. The, the disco did you, mode. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I think, I think it happened once. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone clipped it on Twitch, so I saw the Twitch clip. So, um, it it's not that different, really, to the pro, if we're really honest. Well, we don't know, because we didn't get to see any of the code money. <laughs> We don't actually know, Marty. No, it's um, yeah, not. I don't know. What do you? What do you want me to say, Marty? 
bag. No, it looks good. It's pretty. Um, it's got a disco ball. Yep. Deadpool. There's a Deadpool in Queensland now, Marty. There is. Um, at, um, at Time Zone. It's a bit interesting that they get one. They must have air yep. freighted it in. Yeah, they always uh, air freight stuff in, and uh, the lucky Queenslanders will be playing it first, as they always do. Um, I did notice that the, you got that that shot that um, the lift ramp, I guess you call it a lift ramp, but it, it goes down in the shooter lane and the ball feeds back to the flipper. Um, what was really weird is that kind of like failed sometimes, and it gets diverted to the, to the left um, anyway and comes back on the play field, but... Um, I'm not sure why it was failing because you think an orbit shot kind of like get, generates enough speed and it should be able to go up that ramp. But a couple of times it kind of went up half up the ramp, then rolled down and then trickled onto the play field. Yeah. So um, I guess it's just a matter of the machine being set up right or maybe the shot being cleaner. Yeah. I don't know. And do you know what? I actually saw people getting that um, katana ramp via that ricochet shot or whatever it is more than the right feed that leads to the left ramp. Yeah. So... That's interesting. Yeah. We'll let you know our review in like one month or whenever someone signs yeah, one in, in that's Melbourne. Exactly right. And yeah. code has been new code's been released, it's now at zero point eight two. Yep, I was unable to open up the uh, firmware and, and dive deep inside it because the uh, Pimble browser needs to be updated. I haven't checked back in the last couple of days, but right, maybe okay. maybe next week if it works we can go through some hilarious call outs. <laughs> well so speaking of code it's been a bit of a Coderama recently. So, Batman 66 is now up to 0.94. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, one, one at a time. It's another six months until we're at 1.0. I know. There wasn't, I think the only thing I could see in the readme file was it added Robin's Holly Multiball mode. I think it's a an option if instead of going into Batusi or yes, something. Right. You get to choose between the two. That's good. I don't know anything about Batman 66. Aerosmith, though, had oh a... Oh, my God. Huge update. Out of huge, the Huge, Marty. Out of the blue, <laughs> this this was just an incredibly big update. Not even being facetious here. It was actually massive. And you know what? I read every single line in the readme file. I, I started reading down, and I kind of got a couple of minutes in, and then I just did that whole scroll thing, like I'm almost at the end, and I was probably about like a, a third of the way. I did exactly like, the same thing. Fuck I thought, this. surely I'm right at the end. Do I continue <laughs> investing my time in this? And I scrolled down, and I went, holy crap, I'm, I'm only a halfway through. That's how yeah. big this code update is. And so um, some of the things that I noted that I think were important to me. There's probably all this other stuff that everybody loved that is important to them. But um, one thing I noted, and this is just in, in the pro, because one of the, the advantages that the um, the premium LE have over the pro is that you can get into elevator multiball easier because it counts a shot into the elevator as, well, uh, the, the target in front of them as one of the hits. With this now, it will actually... Um, allow the top scoop to light an elevator lock. Instead of shooting the orbits, you mean? Yep. Okay. But is that is that off by default? Default, no. Okay. Yeah. So no one, no, no one on the site will ever touch no, that. Especially, but you, but especially, the, you especially that. the one at um, Bayside will never mm, be updated anyway. I know. It's still on the <laughs> first code, isn't it? Something like that. Probably. Who knows? Um, and the other one was... Well, there's a couple, but one of them was um, Sweet Emotion. So this is the rule where you've got to complete all the shots 
within 30 seconds and there was a lot of shots so um, they're now it's, it's changed that I think it's to make it easier you're going to get six shots that are easy and then it will open up six more difficult shots so 12 shots will complete the mode okay um, love in an elevator mode has also changed the, the multi-ball and I don't know I mean I guess probably because it's so bloody hard to get into it because you've got to get particularly on the pro the, the right orbits And but when you get into this I've never found elevator multi-ball to be very lucrative so I think they've boosted this okay um, so the mode also the default modes the, the timers have increased so crank it up won't extend the time anymore Okay. Um, and you'll find most of the, the tweaks of this really have been on the medley and final tour wizard modes. Very, very interesting, Marty. <laughs> well, it, it is. I mean, I've actually played Aerosmith quite a lot, so I'm actually really keen to play it with new code. So we'll be coming, you, coming your way, Jeff. Do you remember when, we, uh, well, when I said that they were re- redoing the voices and Steven Tyler was doing doing some call outs for the machine a while ago yeah that was that was just a shit rumour I've, I've burnt that, <laughs> that guy is no longer on my rumour <laughs> he was just fucking with me that's yeah, never gonna happen I know Stern probably had a good laugh and uh, we were like hey email this guy so speaking of fucking with you any news from Dutch Pinball Yes, we have an awesome bit of news from Dutch Pinball. Marty, would you like to read it really quickly? Because no one gives a fuck. No, I know. This, this was just the latest email correspondence. Uh, here's an update of the conversation that took place between our attorney and ARA's attorney. The result of this first meeting is that there will be a second meeting to discuss more details <laughs> about a possible solution for the situation. We find this promising. We've indicated that despite our trust being damaged, we're open for a solution outside of the courtroom. The attorneys have agreed that they will try to have contact within two to three weeks so they have time to discuss various solutions. We will send an update as soon as we have more news. Literally, words that say nothing. Well, you know what it says is that... uh I should invest in these these companies because like these 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 law companies because they're making shit. They're, they're, they're just they're just creating more and more uh, work, billable hours, and I'm sure their charge out rate is probably like 500 euros an hour or something. Yeah. Let's let's have lunch again. Let's do this again. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's fuck both our clients. Correct. Anyway. <sighs> so remember, I think it was two weeks ago that I said I talked to that dude that wanted to uh, kind of remain anonymous, but let me know about Monster Bash Remake? Yep. Yep. I have got him to agree to come on the show. Really? Yes. Okay. Would you... I'm going to give give him a dial. Give me a sec. Okay. Uh, he's only agreed to talk to me, Marty, so... Um, okay, well, it's try, your contact. Just, I'm, I'm okay with I'll, that. Yeah, okay. Just mute your microphone I for will, a second. I will not let him know that I'm here. Okay. So we have someone on the phone now. They're using a voice modulator to protect their identity. We don't know if it's a woman or a man. Hey, I can tell you I'm a 100% man. Okay, and what can we call you? What, what can we refer to you as? I need to keep my identity secret. Well, we know that you've got NDA signed with almost every pinball company, so can we call you something like NDA Ned? Whatever tickles your fancy. 
Okay, NDA Ned. Uh, what can you tell us? A lot of people have been playing Monster Bash Remake in the last couple of weeks. Are you one of those people? For fuck's sakes, that's child's play. I've been playing that for years. Now they bring in other losers. Like, give me a break. I was playing that Whitewood when it was originally made by George Gomez. I gave him the idea. You Okay. Okay, so you're pretty well connected. I mean, what can you tell us about the new iteration of it? I can't tell you that. Come on, you're, you're coming on the show, your voice modulated, you got to tell us. No way, man, that's a secret. Please. Okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> what do you want to know? I mean, what else do you know? Do you know anything about Godzilla? Yeah, they made a slight change. A, a slight change on what? The original Godzilla used to terrorize Japan and Tokyo. This one terrorizes a small pinball company in Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking harsh. (laughs) So, Charlie from Spooky Pinball has a podcast, and, and he said on his podcast recently that he knows who is designing the game, and that other podcasts will be clamoring to, to kind of find out. So, can you help us out with that information? No way, man. I can't tell you that. Please. All right, I'll tell you. You thought Spooky got fucked with a license. I can tell you, every designer's going to have their hand on it. It's going to be like a bukkake all over Spooky. <laughs> no, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, NDA Ned, but we've had a bunch of the guys from Stern on, and they're pretty nice guys. Like, Keith Elwin, he's a nice guy. I don't think he would do that. Oh, I could tell you things about Keith Elwin that'll make your head spin. Go for it, man. We're all ears. I can't tell you that. <laughs> Please. You know why Keith Elwin always wears shorts? Okay, Ned, why does Keith Elwin always wear shorts? Because he wants you staring at his shorts so that you don't notice he has a fake beard. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first. Keith Allen has a fake beard, guys. Um, it's a wig. It's a wig. <laughs> okay. Is, is there anything else you know about the pinball community? Any any other imposters? Oh, I got some good dirt on Stacy Borg. Uh, Stacy Borg, yep. Friend of the show. Co-host uh, once as well. What can you tell us about Stacy Borg? No, no, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. Ah, come on, man. Okay, Stacy Borg, that's not even his real name. Okay, what's his his real name and why would he have a fake name? He changed it to be like his favorite designer. His real name is Stacy Papaduke. (laughs) (laughs) Another exclusive, you heard it here first. Oktoberfest got announced on the weekend, Ned. What can you tell us about that? It's a great game. I played it a ton. Does it it shoot well? Is it a bit more wide open than Houdini? I'll tell you this. It's the only thing with more boobs in pinball than this podcast. (laughs) Speaking of boobs, what about Elvira 3? What do you know about that? Elvira 3? Give me a fucking break. I already know about Elvira 4. (laughs) Okay. You guys are boring me. I've got so many secrets, but they're all going to stay right here. You'll never know. Well, Ned, we'd, we'd love to have you back if you'd like to come on the show and spread some more uh, rumors and, and knowledge. Maybe another time. i got to get out of here. i got to make sure my spy cams are working at Deep Root. I'm out of here. See ya, Ned. There you have it, Marty. Uh, NDA. Stacey Ned. Papa Duke. <laughs> <laughs> right.
Yes, it, I mean, this just exemplifies what the pinball, you know, podcast and stuff industry is like at the moment. Everything's yeah. meant to be secret. You just say please. You know, I'm not going to tell you anything. Please, come on. Yeah. And then people spill their guts. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see if we can get him on the show again to get a bit more information. But you know, some some some, some exclusive there. Some exclusives. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> what else we got, Marty? <laughs> oh wow, that was hilarious. Um, so. Uh, Steve Ritchie was interviewed. We that was on the Special Wednesday podcast. How'd it go? Yeah, yeah. No, it was a really good interview, Marty. I was I was thinking of you while while listening to it because I know Steve Ritchie's your man, your main man. Um, really good interview. <laughs> I'm not going to talk much about the interview because I just I want you to listen to this. This is at the end of their episode 12. I'll, I'll link the Steve Ritchie um, interview in the show notes, but this is the, the the next episode after that, and this just made me crack up unnecessarily. And I'm just going to play the end of it now uh, on the phone. Brewing, makers of Pinball Pale Ale. You're passionate about all things pinball and great tasting craft beer. Two Brothers Artisan Brewing is a firm believer in pursuing your passions. For over 20 years, Two Brothers has had an unparalleled passion for their craft, their customers, and their community. Two Brothers Artisan Brewing wants you to follow your passion and drink theirs. Pinball Brothers wants you to follow your passion and drink theirs. Marty, I'm, I'm a passionate guy. <laughs> Will you drink my passion, Marty? <laughs> Not twice. <laughs> Not twice. <laughs> Would you like two brothers to come over to your house and? <laughs> that's just it's the wrong tagline, guys. If you, I should have just sent you a message, but I'm not sure if that's their tagline for the company or the company's tagline. But no one wants to drink someone else's passion, Marty. <laughs> <sighs> what else? So, total nuclear annihilation. What I understand is that production is going to be limited to 550. Is this correct? Yeah, they, well, not forever. Uh, just 500 just for, now. for now. So uh, I think they have to sell, uh, you know, uh, 50 or so more, maybe 50, 60. Um, and then they kind of want to get Alice Cooper delivered within the date constraints that they set. And then they might revisit it again. Uh, they, they never said it was going to be limited to anything. So they can they can keep them making them if they want. But... Uh, yeah, if you, if you want a TNA delivered within the next uh, kind of 18 months or two years, then <laughs> you better give Charlie and, and KT a call. Yeah, cool. Bit of a follow-up on the story uh, we were talking about a long time ago with the Flip Frenzy in Australia with people kind of agreeing to play one-ball games. Um, that result finally went up on the IFPA website and it got awarded 33% TGP. So one-third of the TGP because... Uh, it got graded as being all one ball games, which I guess is better than it being kind of not up there at all. But uh, yep. Yeah. So thank you everybody for highlighting flip frenzies. Well done. It's 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 fixed now, Marty. It's fixed. Okay. It's uh, just wins minus losses, and that's it. Yep. Cool. Cool. Um, so Ryan, every morning when I wake up, the alarm goes off, and the very first thought every morning goes to my mind. <laughs> What's that thought, Marty? That, oh, is it? Is it? Where, where's your Kickstarter bookmark? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's second thought. second thought, or maybe like, where's my Kickstarter watch, or my Kickstarter headphones? Anyway, the question I ask is, where is the Star Wars topper? I don't know, Marty. We should ask it every week until it happens. Where is the <laughs> where Star Wars is topper? The Star Wars topper, because nobody's been asking that question. 
Nobody at all. It's it's we. This is breaking news. With a you know, we're going to be the catalyst for this this pitchfork uprising. Uh, <laughs> where, where is the stuff? We need to. Yeah. Hashtag. Where's the topper? Yeah, we can we yeah. can suck that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Where's the SW topper, right? Yeah, we got because there's a lot of toppers that people are looking for, right? Where's the Iron Maiden yeah, topper? But, you know, where's the code? Didn't just you know narrow it to one, but it was all code. Like hurry up with because the code. because all, all the code was fucked, right? Yeah, well, where's my Iron Maiden topper? Hey, would you would you actually buy my money? <laughs> I don't know. But where is it? Hashtag where's the topper? Hashtag where's the topper? Okay, we're starting the hashtag. <laughs> That's <laughs> so dumb. Okay, time for the best segment to ever grace the pinball air, the pinball podcast airwaves. What was it called, Marty? I've actually forgot what it was called. <laughs> social remember. media watch. Dun, 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 dun. Ryan Marty, search all the social media accounts of all the popular pinball people so that you don't have to. And you can play pinball instead. Here are the top social media stories over the last two weeks. Okay, we news just in. Here we go. News just in. Deadflip is designing a pinball machine, and he wants to be like Keith Alwyn and get a job at Stern Pinball. He didn't actually say that, but... But you can sure. tell. The, the subtext is there. The subtext is there. He, want, he wants to be their global ambassador. He wants to be the, the pinball, uh, the face of pinball, but he also wants to be like Keith Alwyn, because, let's face it, Keith Alwyn's pretty cool. He's pretty amazing, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah. and I've, I've seen him, so he's, he's sort of done his design. He's put, like, a cardboard one, and now he's starting to get wood. Yeah. It's. It, I, I saw a little video of him kind of flipping it in the the virtual pinball, and, and it, obviously it never flips as smoothly and as nicely. Um, you know, there's, there's no kind of like clunk in the virtual world, but it it looks pretty cool. Okay. I, mean, I was actually impressed. Um, Escher Lefkoff got to run from the hills, run which to was the hills. run. Yeah, run. <laughs> yep. You the are such are a massive Iron Maiden fan. The yep. hills are on fire, Marty. If I can run away from the hills. Um, <laughs> Yep, he got to it. Um, there was a bit of controversy, Marty, because he uh, desaved a ball, but apparently he still got there before ball three, so it's okay. Whatever. I didn't watch the video because um, I'm definitely going to get there. Like I'm going to get to Valinor and yeah, of uh, course, and, and somewhere over the rainbow. And yep. <laughs> uh, uh, George Gomez. Uh, that, that was that was old. That's being shown now on the stream. The jo- uh, George Gomez uh, shows the fourth yeah, wall thing. Uh, he he showed a bunch of katanas, and it was like katana A and katana B, but I, I don't know what they were. And it was one of those like cryptic Facebook posts where you like you ask all the questions, and he doesn't answer any of them because it's like let it simmer, baby. Let's let's let everyone just keep on talking about it. But yeah, there was there was a real katana, and I think they were signed by him. So, like, that couldn't be the topper, could it? Like, two katanas on the top? No. Like, fall fall down and stab someone? I don't know. Awesome. Uh, Straight down the middle, guys, unboxed uh, their their Deadpool pinball machine in under six minutes without a drill. That was pretty impressive. He was, like, throwing the, uh, you know, we did it in about half an hour. We did it in 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Keith Allen posted to to prove that he was was wearing pants. Yeah, but we posted the real pic, so. Yeah, yeah. Um... Marty, have you seen this? Okay, I'm going to send you a photo because I know you're not going to actually believe, all right? Um, the, do you have Tim Sexton on Facebook, Marty? <laughs> I don't know whether I do. Maybe okay. I should. Tim likes me. Tim likes you? Okay. Yep. He, he, said me the, too. he said I'm the one that to like out of us two. Yeah, that was just your face. Um, Marty, check your, your message. I just sent you a screenshot. <laughs> Folks, this is not a joke. The doctors have found that I have an extra ball. 
So I, I just kind of like, you know, your Facebook, you just like fucking like scroll past shit. I'm like, oh, okay, extra ball, like whatever. It's just like a shitty joke. He actually went to the doctors and he has an extra ball, like three testicles. So, <laughs> Marty, are you still there? It's, I, what, what, what do I say to this? Is it actually true? Yeah, he's uh, he he got it removed now, but um, yeah, I you know I've been trying to get Tim Sexton's girlfriends on the on the show to talk about Deadpool and, and Tim Sexton, right? Yes. So I actually found one of them, and I'm going to quickly add it into the call now. Okay. <laughs> Marty, mute your microphone, okay? Okay. This is, this, is a one on one, this is another one-on-one conversation, okay? Okay. So here we are with Brittany. It's Brittany. <laughs> okay, Brittany. Uh, is it true that you are Tim Sexton's girlfriend? Hundo P. He's super hot. So how long have you known Tim for? Well, ever since he got a job at Stone, he has been a lot more desirable. But when I found out he had three balls, oh my God. Um, why does that make him more desirable? Well... I've been with heaps of guys that have two balls. I've been with two guys at once, so that's four balls. But three is a new number. It's like, yes, so freaking quiche. Team three balls is fly as fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Okay, Brittany, too much information. Um, has he let you into the secret room at Stern at the factory? Um, do you know any industry secrets at the moment? Well, Tim is working on Godzilla, and everything Tim touches is huge. Do you know what I mean? Huge. Do you know what I mean? Okay, okay, I've, I've heard enough, okay? I'm trying to say he has a dope-ass big p- <laughs> Oh, gosh. There we go. That was uh, Brittany. And uh, I don't think Brittany, I don't know, I don't think she's seen Tim in the last week because Tim then upgraded his social media account to say that he got the ball removed. (laughs) So he's now back down. This is no joke, guys. He's now back down to two balls. Um, So we wish Tim the best uh, in recovery. Speedy recovery, man. Um, And Yeah, yeah, I, I hope your relationship with Brittany works out despite downgrading yourself to two, to two testicles like yeah. every other guy. I know. Like, we all want three. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Perfect match, right? With the, the chick from uh, Total Recall. <laughs> anyway. Oh, funny. What's next, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you go from that? Okay. So, let's, let's look. I'm, I'm actually crying. Honestly. I just, I, I just, I mean, I know it's, True, but is it? Anyway, so that was Social Media Watch. What a fucking shit segment. That is, what are you talking about? That was, that was our best segment. Actually, no. You've got to Shut. understand, in that segment, we updated people on the fact that Keith Elwin was actually wearing pants. Like, yeah. 
Who <laughs> wants to fucking like read the read the news? Read this week in pinball. Come on, it's boring. Tim Sexton's balls is <laughs> easily Keith's the pants. most the hottest topic. <sighs> okay, so competition time. So this was from a couple of weeks ago. We weren't expecting it to have been two weeks, but um, we did have a competition where we asked people to um, email us and tell us a potential title for the next Elvira pinball machine and it was Elvira and the dot 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 okay <laughs> we got, are we going to do one each or what are we going to do um, okay we'll do one each so the first one is from Michael and Michael gave us a lot of titles so the first one he says Elvira and the Master Beta a fishtail <laughs> sequel El- Next one, Elvira and the Nautilus, a boatload of semen. Oh no! Elvira and the, the Elvira and the high school, in search of the headmaster. <laughs> Elvira and the crypt keeper, crypt keeper, search for the golden boner. <laughs> and Elvira and the morning stiffs. I see you left one out, mate. Not to you, yes. It's, okay, some of these guys, like, we're not going to go religious or, um, you know, some of the other ones. There, there's some things that we're just sort of going to steer away from. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, this one's from Daniel P. Alvira versus the politically correct D-bags. Yeah. Brian said Elvira and the big silver globes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this one's from Richard A. Alvira and the Boogie Bogans from Down Under. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, I just wanted to, to read out. I put the whole email here. So it says, Elvira is now 66, so her hard partying days are probably well behind her. So what's she doing now? At 66, she can't exactly be described as a MILF anymore, yet she's still a trifle too young to be joining the local Crown Green Bowls Club. But it's a well-known fact that many women of Elvira's age spend most of their time on the golf course. So add in a sprinkling of smut and you get Elvira's monster foursome. <laughs> As in because you yell out four when you're, yep, when you're hitting the... correct. Okay. And the foursome could be made up of Dracula, the creature from the Black Lagoon, and Tiger Woods. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of creepy. <laughs> oh, God. That was from Melbourne Minty. Thank you, Melbourne Minty. George J. emailed in and said, Alvira and the Pimble Company Graveyards. Love it. Andrew said, Elvira does the new Prime Munster. Oh, okay. Double, yep. yep. Double mini. Yep. I like that one. Like that. Yep. Rob M. emails in and says, A great name for Elvira 3 would be Elvira and the Monster Evolution. Mainly the acronym Eat Me, but also brings monster aliens and mutants into it. So the next two people, so Nick and Matthew, they all, they both had the same answer, and that was Elvira and the Deep Root. Okay. (laughs) I like that. Dave M emails in and says, Hey, Ryan and Marty, regarding the next Elvira title, I reckon there could be an Elvira bash toy (laughs) on a spring in the game. So maybe Elvira and the bashing boobies would make a great title. It really does, David. Boobies on a spring. Yep. Joe says, Elvira and the low-hanging fruit. (laughs) Is that that low-hanging fruit like testicles? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. is. Or maybe her saggy boobs. I don't know. (laughs) and, And the next one? Uh, Kevin P 
emailed in. I'll find the safe. I will tra- we'll straight into that one. All we'll right. buy around the saggy bags, that one was. Saggy bags, sorry. <laughs> different. There's a difference yep. there. Um, and Anthony S, Elvira and the Enchanted Chest. I like that one. That's, that's my favourite. Just, I'm sorry we haven't even got to the end, but that's my favourite. Okay, Bruce emails in. I don't. Is, this is like Bruce from the no. same place. I think it's a different Bruce. Um, Elvira and the Poo Joggers? Poo what? Joggers. What's a Poo Jogger? Do you not know what a Poo Jogger is? What's a poo jogger? I don't know. Okay. Here we go. Time out, guys. A poo jogger, right? So, <laughs> and I don't know whether this is just an Australian thing, but it's been on the news recently in Australia. There's literally these oh, people that go out okay. jogging and they, <laughs> they do poos yes. on people's doorstops. Yes. I think we, talk, we talked about this, didn't we? Or, uh, maybe, okay. Maybe, maybe not on the podcast, but they are literally called poo joggers because they do, and they busted like I've actually seen this photo of this old guy literally being photographed just squatting over doing a fucking big turd I okay guys don't go to google and type in poo joggers and click <laughs> images is this the old is this the old dude wearing what <laughs> where did they get this photo there's a there's a, there's a there's a there's a picture it's a do you know this person and it's like it's <laughs> It's like a wanted poster. If you took the photo, what did he stop and pose for the photo while he's taking a shit and then run off and they couldn't catch him? Yeah. No, and, no, oh, no, gosh. I know the one you're talking about. Apparently, he just casually got back into his car and drove off. Fuck me. Poo joggers. Okay. Poo joggers. You are... What's he going to do with that fire? You are the heroes of the world right now. Oh, no. So... Um... <laughs> I'm just scrolling through images. Okay. Um, the last one, Maddie. <laughs> Please don't. Or second last one. Okay. So, this is from Dennis. And Click the Gamers Podcast, Dennis. Well, we're, we're not saying who it is, but Dennis K. Because, you know, we're not telling people's names who they are. Email Dennis K at eclecticgamerspodcast.com. It could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a name proposed, Elvira and the Tube Shot. Oh, now, yeah. let me tell you why this is awesome, he writes. First, Tube Shot was a feature on Xenon, a game Paul Farris did art for. And now Paul will be working with Dennis, so a nice inside baseball reference there. Tube Shot allows for all sorts of inappropriate call-outs dripping with innuendo, which of course we love. Oh, try a Tube Shot. Yeah, similar to Xenon. Go for the Tube Shot. Work the tube. Load your tube. <laughs> and if the ball fails to complete, oh, it just dribbled out. Oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. It happens to everyone. <laughs> Hilarious. And the last one? <laughs> the last one's by Tim P. Alvira and the whores. Or oh, Alvira and the nutsack. That, that, he thought long and hard about that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh um, my god! So how, how are we going to have we going to generate a number, Marty? Yep. What's happening here? Yep. Okay. So, so how many are there? One, One two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, sixteen. Because Dennis said he didn't want to go in it. Please generate a number from zero to sixteen. All right. <laughs> Four. Richard Anderson. So Elvira and the Boogie Bogans from Down Under. 
Cool. So you'll be... What, what was it for? I can't remember. The Critical Hit Pack. Remember? <laughs> okay. Remember cool. this? Yes. Ah, that, that sweet Critical nice Hit sound. Fappin' sound. Okay. Marty, instead of waiting like five months for the next content, <laughs> let's let's just do another one straight away because sure. this is one that, that, that uh, David Mackay uh, generously donated and uh, I totally forgot about it. So <laughs> the... Prize is a flipper rebuild kit. I'm sorry, everyone that lives in the US or Canada or anywhere that is not Australia. This is being shipped by someone else, and they said they would only ship it to Australia. So uh, you will win a Bally Williams left and right flipper rebuild kit, which is very important because a lot of flippers suck. So the way to enter is email in headtoheadpinball at gmail.com, the number two in the middle, not TO or TWO, and let us know what. Bally Williams pinball machine from the 90s, the D&D era. I don't know if these work on System 11 games. Okay. What pinball machine suffers the most from weak flippers? Because I know a lot of Data East games, you have like a hook where you can't make the ramp. Bally Williams games are, are pretty good, aren't they, Marty? Like you, you, yeah. even when the flippers are weak, there aren't that many games with like an insane ramps. But maybe we, we, we're missing one. Um, let us know what games you've played maybe on site where you couldn't hit a ramp on a Bell Williams game because of the weak flippers, and that's kind of integral integral for the game. So please let us know which uh, which game suffers the most, and you will have probably like a one in ten chance of winning a free flipper rebuild kit. Awesome. So speaking of competitions, yes, slam the top one hundred. Yes, Marty. How'd we go? Two weeks. Two weeks ago. So I had uh, Pirates of the Caribbean by Stern, and yep. you had Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yep, you won 57% yep. of the vote, yep. and you got some hate mail as well, Marty. Did you see that thing? <laughs> Someone wasn't very happy. So, I mean, I don't want to, you know, break the fourth wall here to you guys about this particular scenario, but we we get chosen these machines, and we have to argue our point. We're pretending to be lawyers, guys. We right. don't actually I believe the things we say. I love Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> Ad- admittedly, I find that the, the sounds on it, some of them are quite annoying, I love that machine. I would absolutely have that over uh, Pirates of the Caribbean any day. Feel free to, feel free to continue to send your hate mail towards yeah, sure. Martin and let him know that his argument was total bullshit. But um, yeah, I just I still don't think that people will ever understand the segment. <laughs> they won't understand the what? They won't understand the segment. They don't understand that we are like it's given the games and we lie through our teeth to try and win the competition that's, <laughs> Basically, that's, that's the segment so but, all we're really trying to do is we're trying to point out little minor niggles with these games and just explode them up in your face yeah <laughs> okay um all right should we, ch- should we change it up this week and do one from the 100 to 200 because i can't be bothered generating a number 20 times to get get to the ones that we haven't done okay yeah should we do it go for it all right, just this week only. This will be fun. Please generate a number from 100 to 200. Coming right up. One hundred and thirty-seven. Full throttle. <laughs> 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 that, you were first, right? That was you? That was no, you. no, no. We all know you were first. Keep going. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Please generate a number from 100 to 200. Sure. Fucking Avatar is higher up than Full Throttle Money. Yeah. Great game. 175. Oh, here we go. 
Big game. Okay. <laughs> you okay. don't know anything about that. I actually... Ah, that is a complete lie. Yeah? I do know that. Okay. Very much. Okay. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could literally just say, big game, big game, big game. People that don't know it will go, ah, oh, sure. But people that know Full Throttle... <laughs> oh, here we go. And you've got to okay. go first. Let's limit this to 30 seconds. <laughs> Full Throttle by reputable pinball company, Highway Pinball. Um, the estimated value of this beautiful pinball machine, because it's so rare, limits to under like 100 production machines, is around $6,000, Marty. $6,000. Um, it, it is a wide body with flow. Flow City. Um, designed by Dave Sanders. The mechanics by James Reese. James Reese, just brilliant. Brian Dominey did the software. He's still involved in pinball right now, Marty. Um, you, you race your little motorcycle around the track, and and you win, and you enjoy this pinball machine. Full throttle. Better than Demolition Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fuck. Go for it, Marty. All Big right. game. Big what can game. you tell us? Big game is not full throttle. That's probably the best thing I can say about it. <laughs> Um, no, I actually got to play. I played. I played this when it came out, right? Yeah. So it is a game from I think eighty nineteen eighty, and Harry Williams, right, designed this game, and you know, he is a legend. So if you vote against this, you're voting against the legend that is Harry Williams. Um, it's a great wide body game. It's a shoot the spinner game from Stern. Great sounds. Ah, oh, uh, I love this game. Besides the fact that it actually kicked my butt. At Papa last year. That's all you got, Manny. That's all. I what got. are the rules, Manny? Just hit the spinner. Yep, pretty spinner. boring. No, like- no, no. What you got to try and do, and I, this is actually true. I'm not even looking at this. Um, top in lanes, light the right spinner, and then just spin away, baby. Okay. And that's what happened. I actually on my third ball, I had two house balls. On my third ball, I finally got that lit. As soon as it lit, straight down the middle. Don't let Bruce and Ron from the Slam Tilt podcast fool you. This game is absolute rubbish. It's it's just like that old, was it Pioneer or whatever game we were talking about last time. This game encourages the mindless slaughter of beautiful animals. People out there say, people out there say I'm an animal lover. Are you? Are you an animal lover? Or do you choose and select which animals you like? I only like cats and dogs, but you can go and murder uh, this beautiful tiger, and uh, and that's fine because because I don't have it as a pet, but I'm still an animal lover. No, you're not. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is your argument. That is a that's my terrible argument. argument. Okay. It's too green, Marty. Green is the shittest colour in pinball, no, and this, this machine game. is just full of leaves no. and green, and no. yeah. It's a great it's game. But Stern not, made rubbish quality player fields. I'm here to talk about big game. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Ryan. Go for it. David Sanders is, is listening, Marty. Uh, and you know what? Dave Sanders is great, and I, I've actually, I've always said I've loved his games on Virtual Pinball. I used to follow him religiously. I used to love what he released. Full throttle. Yes. Do you know what? Dave Sanders did actually design a great game. There you go. It just never worked. It never worked. Uh, the you know the fact that they didn't have sort of the rollovers was kind of awkward. Um, it was just a rubbish theme. Like 
really a rubbish theme and they could have actually made that into something but it was just kind of a bit lame and talk about the theme of big game marty no no, no, we're we're only talking about full throttle here in my counter argument and we're talking about highway pinball just think about how many people have lost their money from no, nobody and on throttle have, money and not on full throttle. Well, no, because there's no support on full throttle. So what's actually happened is these machines <laughs> are breaking down. No, these machines are breaking down, and people can't repair them because there are no parts to repair them. So these games all, don't work. Therefore, ergo, they've lost their money, Ryan, because this all, game all ten all ten people. Yep, all maybe twelve at a pinch. But <laughs> this is this is the problem with this game is that. You know, I got I got to play it, and I played it, and it's just trying to. And I finally had that one game where everything happened for me. Unfortunately, I got three balls stuck in the the shoot, which is what we're calling it now. Shoot the shoot, shoot the shoot, and the game couldn't kick it out, and then stopped. And because it was on site, and they didn't have the keys, I had to walk away. And was this the, was this the one in Melbourne? Yep. There's one in Australia. I wonder who owns it. Yeah. Do you know who owns it? No. But okay. all, all I'm saying is. Even when I had to turn that machine off and walk away, that was probably the best experience I had. Okay, Matty. No, the walking away bit is what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. <laughs> just, in case, just in case I wasn't clear, that walking away from Full Throttle was the highlight. And when I played it at Papa, and 30 seconds into the game it froze, and I left a note. We've told the story before. I left a note saying, blah, 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 This is it's frozen, and this game is shit. <laughs> so... It's terrible. Vote for me. Vote for justice. A vote for Marty is a vote for the mindless slaughter of innocent animals worldwide. <laughs> I mean, you, do you know how big Big Game is? How it's big so Big Game big. is? It's so big, when your ball hits a remote drop target in Perea, an earthquake warning goes out in Peking. It's so big, it takes four sumo wrestlers to pull the plunger. It's so big, what? the giant horseshoe kicker had to be broken in before it could be installed. It's so big, the electronic jungle sounds can start a stampede in the nearest zoo. Is this the flyer, Marty? I'm not saying. Well, what's on the flyer of Full Throttle? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. This game doesn't Full work. Full Throttle, pinball. Do they bother? I know they didn't make a manual. Do they make a flyer? <laughs> they did. They did. They did. They did. They did. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, it's, got, it's got a chick on there. She has boobs. Uh, skill, determination, commitment. To be the best, you must prepare to go. Be prepared to go. Full Throttle. And then it's got the chick with the big ass boobies. And then, and then it's got the best tagline of all. Game may be subject to change before production. <laughs> Pimble in the fast lane, baby. Woo! Uh, that chick has really, really... There's some good knockers. They're bolt-ons. <laughs> they, also don't, they also don't work, so... That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good one. All right, you in, Marty. You yeah. in. Okay. All right. Um... Oh, fuck, where did we go? He's, this episode is all over the place. Um, <laughs> this week in pinball. Two weeks for. Yeah, this week in pinball. Should I go first? Are we doing the both first? What are yeah. we doing? Oh no! Look, I'll go first. Okay. So, just to explain, for the and I've just the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because um, a lot of people have reached out. So, um, the reason why we didn't record last week because the night before we went to record, I actually found out that my brother had passed away. 
He had a heart attack whilst he was driving. His daughter was in the car. Uh, He passed away. She survived with a bruise on her elbow. And I've literally had to fly up to Sydney and try and make funeral arrangements. And it's just been a world of mess. It's just mess. Are you okay, Marty? I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm I've had to deal with solicitors and governments and banks and and all this kind of stuff. It's just been um, really busy. But um, it's not it's not about me. We all we're really just focusing all on his daughter. She's 15 um, and what she's going through. Um, but again, the reason why I wanted to bring it up bring it up is because um, people that heard uh, about this um, reached out to me, and a lot of people reached out to me. In particular, pinball people just random people that I mean, a lot of people that I did know but also people that I didn't know reached out to me and gave me their condolences and it was kind of like those moments where I kind of just went fuck I love the pinball community I really do because they just reached out and yeah. and I'm not saying that some were better than others but there was this moment when I I got home I'd had it was just the the Tuesday, so I found out Sunday night. So the Tuesday, I got home that night, and there was a a bunch of flowers there on on the kitchen. And I went, "Oh my god, who are these from?" Looked at the card; they were from Mrs. Pin and Doctor Pin mm-hmm. had sent me flowers. And yeah. and right there, that's when I went, "Fuck, I love pinball." So you are all awesome. Thank you very much for your support. What did you do in your week? <laughs> Ah, that this is very easy to follow, Marty. No, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> why did you go first, Marty? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I played in a couple of pinball tournaments. It was really cool. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, uh, I geez, in the last two weeks, uh, I've played in three tournaments. Uh, I came first in one of them. I beat Jordan Treadway, and that was the highlight of my pinball career. Yep. It um, is. Yep. And uh, it wasn't because he played particularly bad like I was a three strike tournament and uh, I, I played really good and he played really good I just managed to play a little bit better than him in the games that we played um, it was the first time I'm not going to go through a ball, a ball by ball play of, of what happened two weeks ago but it was the first time ever Marty that I haven't been nervous to the slightest yep. and I, I remember I, I like talking about tournaments because you know it might be batshit boring to, to 99% of people but to me, it's it was something new, and uh, and you know now I've evolved, and I, I don't want to talk about every little thing that happened in in the, in the game while I was playing. But all the stuff was new to me, okay, and that's exciting because sure. if you're in the pinball industry for 35 years, nothing is new to you. No pinball release is exciting. It, it's becoming like that now for certain things. Like I, I don't care about like the buff, you know, why I'm excited to play it now. But you know when it got a, 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 announced, I had this like stupid reaction to it, and the, the stupid reaction is because. You know, when you get older, you want you know you want new things. Um, so it was it was the first time ever. Uh, yeah, I remember. Sorry, um, when I talked about when I was at Pinball Paradise once, and I got into the finals. I think I was like playing one of the last games, or I think the, the last game to to come first. I think against Daniel Luth, and I could hear like the conversations happening behind me, and it was like what my brain was focusing in yep. on was yep. a conversation behind me, and I didn't know why that triggered at that moment, and I still don't know why. And I don't know what, like, what happened. I didn't go in and say, I've never gone into a tournament and say, oh, this is where I'm going to play like I play at home. It just it just happened. And um, it, I kind of didn't enjoy it. I know I'm, I'm just whinging, right? But mm-hmm. 
correct? I, I, yes, I, I won. I, I, I scored higher on Iron Maiden on the final game than I scored the whole month that I had your pinball machine. <laughs> and I wasn't excited the entire time. And that's because I, I was focused. Yeah. But I, it's almost like I enjoy being nervous, inside, you know, nervous excitement yeah, okay. more. Yeah, fair enough. So I was like, "Ah, oh, shit! Okay, like let's go to Bayside and uh, and and play in that comp." And you were there as well. I was. Um, this was about a week and a half ago, and uh, I was like, "Okay, well, let's see if I, I'm going to play well, but also be excited." And I played pretty well, but I wasn't excited at the same time either. It's it kind of like it's like the focus turns into like rage, like <laughs> Ghostbusters rage. But um, oh, you were yeah. at that comp. We yeah. both did pretty well. Uh, I qualified. I think third you qualified second so we had a duel you got to choose the game yes um i tried to psych you out you chose uh iron maiden um we both played pretty average but i, I managed to get the win off you aerosmith you mean no we played iron maiden this this was the 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 elimination so you had to then beat someone else to get into the finals i got, I got put Bayside. into the final yes i don't have iron maiden iron, iron man sorry man. ah man iron this is just too i many- know now, yep. now, okay. Now I'm with you. Yep. So uh, you managed to beat your your person to get into the finals. Um, you played pretty well. You ended up coming second. Correct. I came third. Jordan came first. Yeah, uh, and it was it's, it was it was actually kind of close towards the end. Um, you know, of course, when it happens, everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, Jordan's going to win," and and he did win. But you know, on Iron Man, he only beat me by about a million. And yeah. had he not beaten me, I think we might have actually been tied. So, anyway. Yeah, it was close. Um, my main thing I wanted to talk about, which I can't, I can't be bothered talking about it now, um, is that I really dislike... Uh, after Bayside, it was, there was, that was two days after the Pixel Alley thing, and the Pixel Alley finished at about 1 a.m. Right. Bay, Bayside finished at like quarter to one. Yep. And these, these, so, so these tournaments are five to six hours long, and they're worth about 40%. TGP and I know TGP doesn't matter to, to some people but I feel like if I'm investing that much time and I beat Jordan straight away that it should be worth more than four uppers or something I don't know uh, after, after that day I, I registered two tournaments myself I'm just like I'll, I'll run them the way that I, I want to run them yeah. and uh, you know well, do you know what? And, and so you should. And that's that's why I started Melbourne Silverball League because I was looking at the tournaments. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm sick of this having to, you know, spend four hours and play two games a night. And that's when the Selfie League sort of format came out. I was like, well, this is great because you can just go and play any time throughout the month as much or as little as you want. And then you've got a match play finals, which is, you know, four or five hours of sort of playing. So it's exactly what I did, Ryan. I said... I don't enjoy those formats, therefore I'm going to run the format that I like. So I, I think I enjoy, a good thing. Yeah, I, I enjoy the formats. It's just, it, I mean, that, especially that Pixel Alley night, like everyone was playing good. Andre was playing good. Stu was playing. They were, they were just having like one billion point games on Guardians of the Galaxy. The bit that I think could possibly help is that we're not playing these machines in tournament mode. So there's random extra balls kind of given out. And we're playing the extra balls, and uh, it's up to the tournament director. So I'm just having a whinge, but I, I just don't think that um, if you're playing extra balls on certain games, it's in, it's like you might as well just say everyone play four balls because it, it kind of you know certain games like uh, Metallica, for example, you bash on the uh, you know the target a couple of times, the uh, the coffin, and you shoot the scoop, and you've got an extra ball. Uh, I mean, you have to have a pretty bad game not to get an extra ball in that. Mm-hmm. So, we can't take. We don't have the keys. Can't turn ball save off. But 
yeah. Anyway, um, the two tournaments that I've registered is uh, Hashman's Meet, right? It's a secret location. Um, I, I put it up on Aussie Arcade, and I said 25, uh, 28 people only. I think within two days, those were all gone. Um, that's going to be a really, a really awesome meet. You're going to come to that. I hope you can stream it if you if you want money, if you've yeah, got your, sure. your camera set up by then. It's going to be a really wow. fun tournament. Mm-hmm. Avatar's going to be there, Marty. Yeah. Um, and I also registered a Flip Frenzy for two reasons. There's there's the Melbourne match play coming up, very big tournament, the yep. biggest tournament in, in Melbourne um, over, I think, four days. Um, they are not doing a Flip Frenzy. And there hasn't been one in Melbourne this entire year. So uh, I registered it for Pinball Paradise. Uh, tickets are 20 bucks. I'll put a link in the show notes. About half the tickets are sold already. I put up about um, two days ago. Um, pretty sure it's going to sell out. Um, I hope it works out well because I can, I can continue to run it like, like Netherworld does it every, every month or two it? months. Well, because I'd, I'd rather help run it than play in it. Well, I was about to say because you're, you're going to be running Flip Frenzy at. Uh, at flip out, Correct. so it'd be it'd be good for you yeah, to absolutely get get a fresher course on on yeah. yeah so for sure, sure. if you, you, you want to come down and run, yeah, yeah. for sure, you can run the whole thing and I can play mine. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play. Sure. Why not? As soon as I registered, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, for frenzy, you can't play when you run these <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it for tournament stuff. Uh, what else we got? We got um, I got my Adams family came in. Cool. I told my uh, my little girl V she didn't give a shit. Um, my <laughs> my three year old obsessed. She played. She she just plays Blizzard of Oz and that's it. And and Fishtails when I had it. Um, she played for about two hours, Marty. And I, I just I never I didn't say hey let's go do something else. Now I just let her and she just kept on pressing start. And I was like wow, this is why. It's just one of those like light bulb moments. Like this is why this is the most popular pinball machine of all time. She was humming along. She's never watched Adam Family before. She doesn't know what any of these things mean. She's three years old. Right? She's dumb. Okay, she's a little dumb kid. Um, she, she was like after like three or four games when the credit when the um, bonus sequence was happening. She was like na 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 clap clap like like how brilliant is that of a of a pinball tune that a three year old assimilates with it after three or four games yep that's how good it is yeah um the rules the rules are average <laughs> I've quickly realised that um uh yeah it's it's the most disgusting aspect <laughs> it, it was it was it was never meant to be um it, was, it wasn't falsely advertised or anything I knew what I was I was getting into um it's, it's got a lot of kind of stuff that needs fixing but it it needs a new play field mm. I've got the new play field I've got a CPR gold play field that came okay. with it the only thing is, is that everything else is also dirty. Everything works, okay. but you, you can't put you a need. new playfield on there. You need a strip club. I need a strip club. <laughs> okay, do you reckon Lucas will do it for free? Have we, have we done enough podcasts for people to get our humour to understand strip club yet, or is it still a, a bad thing? No, we're going to get lots of hate mail after okay. mentioning the word strip club, especially that horrible logo. Yeah, it, it, it needs... Do you know what I mean? It'd be like getting in a new car and then like taking a dump on the seats or something. <laughs> like, I, I know I can totally relate to that scenario. What? Okay, it, like you, if, if I put a brand new playfield in there, it'd be like shiny and gleamy and it would look really nice. And, but then everything on top of the playfield well, is like old and shitty. Like the star posts are like all fucking fucked up. It's just, it's... I, I can sh- I can show you a picture, Marty, and you, and you will laugh. Well, I, but... I, you know, I, I I didn't do any close-ups, but I could show you my Jurassic Park before and after. I I did go to Lucas's and and strip it down. Did you 
Did you put all new plastics in there? Did you? No, like, we what did you do? polished them. The plastics. Yep. Okay. It came up, and and the ramps, everything. It just came up beautiful, and and I literally like you know I I sanded every single bit of metal there, and it was just shiny. It came up beautiful. And he did it in in like a day or something, right? Yeah, I think we did probably I don't know seven eight hours. Have a look at the photo they just sent you, Marty. That's the mansion area. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> you can't even read what half the inserts say. No, you're fucked. I'm like, I wonder what this is going to be because I don't, I don't know that Adam family off by heart. <laughs> I can see Ray's the dead and Fester's oh, tunnel hunt, but that's dude. about it. Yeah. Dude. As I said, the guy who sold it to me, no, yeah, but you got any really, 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 really nice guy. Um, I don't want to put any any shade. Like, he, like it was one of the best transactions ever. Okay. Anyway, um, ah, I'm blabbing on a bit, but uh, I got uh, Dirty Harry left. Dirty Harry, do you think it's a popular pinball machine, Marty? Um, I think at the price you put it up, yes. Okay, I put it up for four point six. Okay, I was selling it for a friend. I thought that that was might have been overs because I don't really know what Dirty Harrys go for. Seven, six or seven people, like I'll take it. I'm like, what? Yep. I probably I could have listed it yep. up for more for when him. I, but when I saw you put it up before six, I went, oh, dude, that's probably a bit light. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really upset now that I sold it because, as I said, when I sell a pinball machine, I want to kind of be done with it forever. But Dirty Harry, okay. It it shoots really well. It shoots better than Adam's family. Like it's it's more yeah. fun for me to shoot that yeah. than Adam's family. Absolutely. The so- the software need you know like yeah. I, I I really feel like like all these companies are putting so much effort into signing these these new layouts and there's all these cool like new things. Just make just copy well. just copy Dirty Harry a hundred percent and just change like make good rules and better sounds because like there's diverters there's the gun. Um, I mean, multi-ball is like boring. Like you, you, mm-hmm. you shoot a jackpot, yeah, and you shoot a super jackpot, jackpot, super jackpot. Um, anyway, Dirty Harry. There you go. It's a good game. Uh, I got. Yeah, this is pretty boring. Hey, I'm I'm done. There's there's, 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 there's something else, but I can't bother talking. No, it actually about sounded it. really boring. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> get to hear it. We're done. Yep. So, right. if you want to get in touch with us, please email us headtoheadpinball at gmail.com. Don't forget that competition that we had before. Go to our Facebook page. Go to Twitter. Go to Instagram. Go wherever you want. <sighs> we done? We are done. See you, everyone. See you, Marty. <laughs> Do you know what I was going to tell you?